Speaking to you from London, where I've been taping a slew of shows and going to a slew of shows, as well as Manchester, where I saw a slew of shows, one of which being Trixie Mattel's Grown Up. It was my first time in Manchester, the second time seeing Grown Up, but the first time I saw Grown Up with my intro. Of course, it did play at all of the shows, except when I went to see it in LA, there was a bit of a mix-up with the ticket time, and I missed the very first two minutes of the show, meaning my intro, which we taped about 15 years ago, before the world shut down for a while. But you remember that, we've talked about the bus strike. Now, thankfully, the buses seem to be on an accelerated schedule and just moving along with no problems at all. We think. A couple problems, you know, around the world, just one or two. We won't get into those now. What we will get into, though, is my 2019 chat with Trixie Mattel all about one of her favorite films, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And of course, we talk all about the film, but we also talk all about a whole lot of other stuff as is tradition on Movie Club and the regular shows. And the trooper that Trixie is, when we ran out of time at the initial taping, she said, I have a couple appointments, I'll come right back, and we did another hour and a half. So, here is the gargantuan, the lengthy, the girthy, Drop Dead Gorgeous Movie Club from 2019. Of course, this episode was available for nearly three years exclusively to Patreon members, so if you would like material that's exclusive for at least three years, go ahead on over to patreon.com slash craigatfriends. There's going to be a whole lot of new exciting stuff coming this year. Details to be revealed very soon. Not only do you get exclusive content, well, then you have the peace of mind of supporting your favorite show. Completely independent and rather queer. Here's some other stuff you can do to support the show. Write a review, a glowing one, of course, five-star to show your sophistication on the iTunes app. Follow on the iTunes or the Spotify or whatever podcast app you listen to it on. I mean, I know you're already following, but, you know, just in case, just go and make sure. That way you don't miss an episode either. And post about the show on your socials. Show everyone what a sophisticate you are by showing them what show you love to listen to. It's greatly appreciated, and as an independent show, every little bit helps. Come and shake your body, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Feel the rhythm, mighty bone, maybe I literally can never hear this song without thinking of this movie. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's so much. It adds a lot more to it than all the weddings that I've been to that it's been played at. It's, you know? The genius of it is a small town, all Caucasian pageant yes. picking a Gloria Esteban. <laughs> I, They're very multiculti. This movie kills me. It's so dark. It's incredible i mean it's it's just i when i die like bicentennial man like style like 250 <laughs> years old with like a fake you know fake heart and everything and galatea comes to unplug the machine i yeah. want this movie to be playing and i'm gonna look over at um i don't know my wife sarah paulson and sure be like good night <laughs> yeah um, well because by that point holland taylor will have not be with us anymore and so you can step in and oh my god good point yeah what does it taste like to eat out an old lesbian Hmm, depends. <laughs> that's, that's a good old lady bunny joke. That's a good one. That's a chestnut, if you yeah. will. This movie is, the we're talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous, and this movie yes. is my number one, well, it's my number one, and it predates my true deep love. I mean, I loved Clueless, and I love Jawbreaker, Yeah, but this one is so much further than that, Really, because I'm from... The Midwest. I am from where they make this is making fun of. Sure, exactly. So if you're gay from the Midwest, this is your mean girls. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. 
This movie is so good. The working title was Dairy Queens. <laughs> I'm actually not mad at that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I thought it was an alternate title, and it said Germany alternate title. And I was like, what? That can't be right. That's not even in German. But the woman who wrote it, did you know? The woman who wrote it is yeah. in the movie. And yeah. she plays Jean Kangas, judge number three. Oh, I didn't know she played someone in the film. The third judge, the woman, the blonde hair yes. who never speaks. Right, the one who's very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. she's she wrote the movie. Wow, and she actually was a winner of a pageant. I want to get the woman's name, so we're not just saying her. I think it's something Lona Williams. Williams. Williams yeah, yeah, Lona Williams. She grew up in Rosemount, and she was a beauty pageant survivor, winning runner-up in a $10,000 scholarship at America's Junior Miss in 1985. And like Amber, uh, she was only in it for the money. That's great. Me too. I, I love when the they win and the awards are a $75 <laughs> scholarship to a technical school. Uh-huh. Like that is so real. Yeah. One of my earliest memories is when I was a kid, I wanted to be a singer. And so I used to, I was like five years old and I used to sing Motown covers at like f- community functions. Don't ask me why. A gig's a gig and you got to take what's available, right? Yeah. Miss Wisconsin. I was at Miss, Miss Northeast Wisconsin pageant, yeah. five years old in a rented tux that I'm sure was sponsored because we couldn't afford it. Sure. And I was singing My Girl while these like, you know, 1995 beauty queens. Yeah. Everybody had like a, a princess dye sort of hair. <laughs> yeah. And I remember them all around me and walking and they were so beautiful. And it was the early 90s. So the gowns were like a blue velvet. <gasps> Oh, you know, like, like very muted spaghetti strap, Uh but heavy fabric, heavy, dense fabric, (laughs) like a thick velvet. Yeah. And I remember, and that was like my first time. I remember singing this number and being in the middle of the stage and all these beauty queens around me, teenagers like waving. Yeah, sure. Just like in the movie. That was like my first probably like introduction to like drag and pageantry and even though i was just singing while they were there was a production number where they had to pose while i sang i was five years old stupid <laughs> stupid at the cut the high school in my hometown well, and i think i got paid 50 dollars, and i was like i'm rich look for a showbiz career at age five <laughs> you're doing pretty well oh no I, yeah i think i won 50 dollars, and i begged my mom to give it to me and i i she said she put it away for college but i listen i'm here to tell you i never saw that 50 bucks <laughs> Really? It wasn't that plus a $75 scholarship that got you into... Uh, Maybe the- she mumbled. Maybe she was like, I put it away for a collage. <laughs> that could be what it was. Yeah. Or because of the way my gifts were developing or not developing, maybe she eventually was like, I don't see this college thing happening. So might as well spend the money. Yeah. But I think I was the first college graduate in my family. Which college did you go to? Peck School of the Arts in Milwaukee. Oh. You know, they just had the showing the 20th anniversary. Yeah, at Outfest. Yes. And yeah. my boyfriend went. Oh, okay. And I didn't get to go because I was in Montreal doing What's for La- uh, Just for Laughs. Right. He What's went, for Lunch is what the What's for was. Lunch. <laughs> I was just at the festival wondering what's for lunch. <laughs> and he went and he said it was great. In attendance was, what's her name who plays Frau and Austin Powers? Oh, that's the thing. I kept thinking, oh, what's that woman's name? Never looked it up. Let's look it up now. It's, um, Iris, you taped your shows. The rest of that tape, which is now gone forever, goes on to describe that great journey. She's amazing in this, in everything really, but she's so great because you can tell she knows what the scam is. Yeah. But she does everything in her power to crush Amber. The takeaway from David, David told me the takeaway was they were all just musing about how much of a superstar and light Brittany Murphy was. Oh, on and off camera okay. they were just like she just lights up a room yeah she's such a, a movie star she, she really this, is she's incredible in this incredible you know what dad peter's gay gay so good so great i love her uncontrollable laughing fits oh my god 
This is Peter as Liza. <laughs> Barbara. We also have to address we have to address something, which is the number of times they say tard and retard. Oh, it is off the charts. It's off the charts. However, I will say this. Yeah. Anybody who knows me knows that I will say anything except those words. Ooh. Oh, that's okay. That's the uh, fabulous Bluetooth speaker that uh, if you don't turn it off via your phone, 20 minutes later, it reminds you that oh, you should have turned it off. What a relief. Yeah. Um, that's actually the sensitivity buzzer about the R word. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows that I will make the most horrible, awful, awful jokes. But the R word and making fun of people with intellectual disability, I do not think is funny. However, in this movie... I think what the that's why it's fine is these people in the Midwest really talk like this. Yeah, see, that's the thing. People really talk, and it tells us the viewer a lot about the temperature of that ecosystem. I agree completely. It's all about we're like, that. oh wow, they say that, and also uh, Mr. Lehman. The things he says about Jewish people, oh my god, are beyond the pale. But this is who this person is. That's why we're seeing it in the film. It's not because the filmmakers think that that's a funny line by itself. It's funny because you're shocked. Lester Lehman. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Jew. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, listen, listen, if you don't Jew me down too bad on that, that love seat, I'll throw in the recliner or whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do it down here. You don't pay less. I give you more. What they don't know is the recliner is (laughs) included in the price. Yeah. (laughs) Take a memo, sweetheart. And then slaps her in the ass. Yes. The writer. Oh, that's right. That's the writer. Yeah. So she wrote that part in. So maybe she was, And then obviously comedy icon, Will Sasso, Oh, is incredible <laughs> but, in this. But he really is going the distance. Oh, yeah. At a time. It's not just a long time ago. <laughs> it's also, again, they are playing this to show... It really helps contextualize this pageant. Yeah. When you show how the people talk in this town. Oh, like yeah. Like this world. Yeah. They're painting a picture. You have to have the whole context. I love that Denise Richards doesn't have an accent. Not Even though her all. mom does, and so does and everyone else in the town. Right. Right. Well, that's what helps her have that beautiful singing voice. And nobody is more charming and beautiful and likable than Amber in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful and actually talented. And every time she has that tap number, you're just so happy because she serves it so hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. But the, I mean, <laughs> the star of this movie is Kirstie Alley. Okay. So I didn't know if you were going to say Allison Janney. I mean, oh, God, it's hard to say. Kirstie Alley, though. Oh, my God. She's so vicious. Is that for me or for my gown? Also, when she brings on Amber and goes, contestant number eight, Amber. Amber, and she like moves away from the microphone. Yeah, I also like when she shoes the other girl away. When she's like, get, get, get when she's standing there twirling a gun. Uh, yes, that's right. During her makes me Molly Howard proud to be Asian American. <laughs> now, what about that? <laughs> she's uh, white. Oh, the parents. Yeah, country western. <laughs> hey, what do you got that I don't got? And they scream at their uh, biological child and call her the R word. They do R-word. call her the R word. Yeah. Speak English. I mean, stupid R word. Uh, yeah. But again, this is a painting a picture of this town and the culture. Yeah. So, and we're laughing at that. So David told me that at the 20th anniversary screening, and again, I was dying to go, I was going to go as um, Ellen Barkin in a wheelchair with a melted oh, hand. That would be good. Have you ever thought of doing that for a Halloween? No, but I've always wanted to do Don't Cry Out Loud. Melissa. That would be good. And who could forget her lip sync performance to Melissa Manchester, <laughs> Don't Cry Out Loud. Uh, that song, nothing will ever be funnier than that song. And nothing will ever be funnier than The Rumors Are True. I do have a special man in my life. You're just too good to be true. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then it cuts to Ellen Barkin and she goes, oh shit. <laughs> also, the dad and the audience getting drunk, like, 
you and can, smoking. Yes. You can tell that Williams, the writer, L- Lona Williams, yeah. you can tell that she grew up in the Midwest and mm-hmm. took notes the whole time. They're like, she created such a textured yes. and detailed mm-hmm. world. And all the characters are fully fleshed out, even the ones we only see for a minute or two. Oh my God. All of them. Everybody Every has one. a point of view and mm-hmm. a back. Like, oh my God, Alice and Jenny just being this like, like slutty smoking neighbor. I love how slutty she is at the bar near the end when she hits yes. on the one guy. She goes, oh, you're married. Immediately switches targets to the bartender. Yes. You catch this in your mouth. I'll give you, give you a prize. <laughs> Go, give you a prize. The, and then, and the and then on the TV report, she's like, I got some. <laughs> oh, my God. And then when Amber's like, oh, this is the signal I'm going to give mom from TV. And then she like pantomimes smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ella goes, oh, my little Carol Burnett. For those who don't know, Carol Burnett used to tug on her ear at the end of every show as a sign for her mom. There was a little gesture to her mom. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? That's sweet. I mean, that's uh, the smoking thing is better. Oh, my God. What about when they get the news? <laughs> well, it is better, but Carol Burnett's mom wasn't, wasn't, when they wasn't get, quite like Ellen Barkin. When they get the news that they're staying at the airport, Howard Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> the excitement. That is we're so staying overnight. real. We're, yeah. st- we're staying overnight. We're staying at the Hojo. Say airport Hojos. Airport Hojos. <laughs> but then the crushing news that they're not going to be allowed to stay there. When Nora Dunn and her pal give them the news. Oh, my God. Of course, this is before the dysentery outbreak. Oh, my God. The two... I can look at a glass and say that it's half full, which in the pageant industry means, where the hell's my waiter? <laughs> I love the amount of drinking that oh my is going God. on with and every adult. Drink in one hand, and then I love also the personality and the persona of an aging has-been teenage beauty queen. Oh, yeah. Like the one like who Becky works Lehman. For the, the one who works for the pork company. Oh, my God. St. Paul Poor Products. I love them so much. I work here now. <laughs> and what an attractive ad that is. Doesn't it make you hungry for a hot dog? <laughs> the blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, oh my God, the girl who... One of my favorite jokes is the girl who gets hit in the head with the, the speaker. Oh, she's super happy. The blood <laughs> of the head made her deaf. Oh my God. <laughs> and also, uh, this uh, the amount of killing that's in the movie. Oh my God. The first one to go is, um, what's her fucking? Tammy. Tammy. Tammy, yes. Driving your daddy's thrasher? Right? Her thrasher, yeah. The she thrasher. S- she said the vibration helped her think. Also, those those two chicks who are always smoking in the bathroom. I'm not doing no goddamn pageant. Yeah. Look what happened to that dork-ass farm girl. <laughs> she wins everything, and this time someone didn't want her to win. And they say smoking's bad for you. <laughs> and then one of them is fully pregnant smoking. Fully pregnant and addresses your mental question whether she is at the end. She's like, I think I'm due or something. And then starts choking <laughs> yes. from a bottle of booze. Yes. I, that's the great thing. I mean, the Midwest is so deeply... The Midwest is sort of like, if you close your eyes and like rubbed your hand on really old couch, uh-huh. like you could tell the design. Do you know what I mean? Okay, sure. That's what I think of the Midwest. Like this movie is Roseanne's couch personified perfect and you would also have a hand uh dyed with nicotine oh my god is the smoking as insane out there or at least during that time i think it's just like it's just trashy it's this these are the deepest white trash you can be what about john doe one of the judges oh my god i'm just here to watch the young girls i mean you know the contestants you guys got a camera no one's accusing (laughs) you of nothing that's you craig that's craig at dragcon <laughs> hey, I can't argue with that. That's if a fair are, point. If this is Movie Club. They've watched it already, right? Yeah, they should have anyway. Okay. And if they haven't, forgive the spoilers, but that's your fault. Because we're jumping around, but it's really yeah. because I mean, even the uh, one of the uh, the opening montage in beautiful places like Mount Rose, Minnesota, that had a big influence on. Ah, uh, I feel like. 
Oh, completely, of course. Yeah. I do a whole lip sync in Skinny Legend that opens with a bunch of things being dubbed by a robot voice. I mean, it's so funny. It's an evergreen. What I love about Ellen Barkin, too, is she plays this so well because she's so embarrassing. Go get my smokes. They ask you to take your top off, get the money first. Yeah. There's full commitment. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that she loves, they play it so like real, real mom and daughter. Yeah. Two person family where you hate each other, but completely depend on each other. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. The part when she's talking about best thing I got to look forward to is a raisin ranch where they changed me twice a day. <laughs> and then she goes, if I could do it over, I would have walked out of this town as soon as my legs could carry me. And she goes, practically the only thing I would have done over is have you. Practically. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so real. Also, when she grabs her by the collar because she thinks she's pregnant, <laughs> yes! wrenches her down to the bed. Yes. <laughs> Amber, I'm getting to the point where I will kill someone for the nicotine under their fingernails. <laughs> and when they reveal that shriveled, burned hand, and she goes, ruined a brand new pair of Lee Press Ons. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And then they don't fix that hand for the entire time until the end when she has Which a, is hook. a hook. A hook. A hook. Well, that's America. That our healthcare system. Yeah, but I, what I also love about Ellen Barkin is they definitely made her an older, kind of haggard, leather chest. Because I mm. knew that woman. Like, okay, yeah, that yeah. woman. I used to get my hair cut by a woman in Wisconsin when I was a kid. Her mm-hmm. name was Blondie. Oh wow, her name was Blondie, and she's yeah. an older blonde lady. And she like very. It was one of those salons that they only have in small towns where someone has a house mm-hmm. and they have a room in their house that's a salon. Okay, so sure. That's where I would go get my hair cut. Yeah, and then this movie also makes me think of. I used to teach guitar in high school freelance and i had this student and one of the moms of the students, freelance you weren't contract at the school <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was like i would go after school and i would teach the kids guitar at their house yeah basic fundamental guitar and no one ever stuck with it because kids suck at following through with things sure everybody wants to play guitar but no one wants to learn that's the truth that's true it's very true um so i'm teaching this kid and his mom her name um her name was also her name was barbie mm-hmm. which i loved and they had a room in the house where Barbie would smoke because Barbie wouldn't smoke inside, oh. but she would hot box herself with cigarette smoke <laughs> in one room. What's good about that is it never creeps out to the other rooms. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Yes. And she was so nice. And of course, everybody in the family was so nice. And But she had the, the deepest, heaviest Freddy Krueger smoker voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she would leave me voicemail messages. And I was in high school. I'd be like, I Barbie <laughs> And I would be like, oh my God. A town like this, like Mount Rose, where people went to high school here and never leave. Mm-hmm. Then they grow up and their kids go to high school. It's cyclical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this Becky Lehman like has been Butterick pattern. And can you believe it? They still fit. Uh, she had a big ass then, a big, <laughs> big ass, ass now. now. I mean, th- everybody is so real and everybody's role in this movie is so strong. I have to tell you, this movie has almost exclusively negative reviews. I was shocked to discover that. I knew it bombed at the box office. But why? I don't know. It's so weird. The budget was around $15 million and it clocked in at about $10 million at the box office. So it was a flop and only became the cult classic it is on home video. Another reason why home video is so wonderful. But now also, until recently... It was hard to find. Really hard to find. My DVD copy got stolen out of my car in uh, college. Whoa. And I just never recovered. Yeah, because you can't replace it. You can't replace it. You can find it on eBay, maybe. Maybe. And then if you do, it's going to be, what, 100 bucks, 150 bucks? Yeah, this movie is, I think it's, um, I mean, it's a perfect film. It makes me laugh. It makes me, I feel satisfied every time. I love the epilogue. I love what happens to all the characters. Me too. Especially Amber becoming <sighs> the news anchor, just like Diane Sawyer. Her dream. It's her dream. Oh my God. I also love when her costume gets melted and she gets this other dress 
And she goes, oh my God, it's just like Diane Sawyer's. It was a little bigger. Diane was a little hippie. <laughs> and then Loretta goes, not our girl. And Amber goes, oh no. <laughs> their, their Midwestern accents in this movie are really, really good. It's funny because no film ever set in Boston is ever as good with the accents. Perfect Storm, pick a, pick a movie, Goodwill Hunting. They are from Boston and they still could not maintain a proper accent. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful textured, even small things like when they're rehearsing in the driveway, by the way, that underground ballet studio under the oh basement God. ballet studio, which says just past the laundry room. <laughs> that is so real. It's very real. It's very real. I remember there was a, a wedding that I went to in uh, Northern California and my ex was getting a blowout at the salon and they said on the phone, well, you know where we are, right? We're in the big red barn. The town looked like a horror movie. It was beautiful, but like because it was so still and there was no one there and you had no service, it was like a horror film. Oh, completely. Are you kidding? Um, this movie, every time I watch it, it just makes me remember being a teenager and being weirdly ashamed of being from the Midwest. But also this movie makes me so appreciative of, um, I mean, a tight community like that is really, really fabulous. Well, it's a tight community, but it's also kind of spooky because there's someone who holds way too much sway in the town because they have a booming furniture business and the cops oh will look the other way. You know, they cut to the cops. And they're like, yeah, shit. No, yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we came to the conclusion that, uh, the t- Tammy might've been smoking and driving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and that faulty wiring, faulty wiring. That's the biggest crock of shit I ever heard. I also love that Amber's mom is always done. Perfect makeup. Perfect. I mean, Ellen Barkin is really beautiful. She is really beautiful. Yeah. And even though she's the trashy mom, she's still a cosmetologist and a yeah. former beauty co- so, like, it makes sense that they, she would be this glamorous, trashy mom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always with the eye makeup, the metallic eye makeup and everything. Yeah. Even um, when she's swanning around in her wheelchair and IV bag. Oh, my God. We were robbed. We were robbed. <laughs> I'll be right behind you in the hearse. <laughs> Don't let that worry you. Um, I looked it up. This movie only grossed $10.5 million, which is nothing. No, especially on a budget of 15, and that's not counting uh, advertising and everything. Usually what I think a movie advertising budget is like half of the, not yeah. half, but it's like add add another five to 10 million. So it was definitely in the hole. I'm sure no one associated with the film made residuals no. on it. It says a film has a 28% rating on Metacritic. Entertainment Weekly's Lisa Schwarzbaum gave it a D. Okay, oh, Lisa. well, oh, it's it's the Schwarzbaum. The Schwarzbaum D. Yeah. And Janet Muslin of the New York Times wrote, The Dropped Dead Gorgeous makes its audience wince through what may be a record number of miserably unfunny jokes. Miserably unfunny jokes? Are you kidding me? What the fuck movie did they like? That is the absolute truth. It is so... Uh, uh, and there's so many parts that are like good plot points. Like when she's... Um, when she's uh she's at her after school job and she pulls back the curtain, it's that guy who is hitting on her dead. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And it cuts and it cuts to Becky Lee or um, it cuts to what's her name? Uh, yeah, Becky Lehman, and she goes, "Oh well, hunting's dangerous." <laughs> anyway, I got this forty five for my sixteenth birthday. <laughs> yeah. Like at that point, you're like, "Oh, oh, okay, that's what's happening." Uh huh. Yeah, it's fierce. And then she's the new president of the Sisterhood Lutheran Sisterhood Gun Club. <laughs> And also, I like that Amber, no matter what is going on, like her situation in life, her working two jobs, her being the makeup person at the Bone Garden. as The or, Bone Garden. At the Bone Garden. She's in a hell of a mood down at the Bone Garden. She keeps her spirits up. That is why it's so impactful when she's in that black cat suit. And yeah. She, and and um, Kirstie Alley's like, oh, is that so? 
I can't let you go out there in that skimpy little thing. There's kids in the audience and she has her tits out. <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> and then when Amber cries, it's so fun to watch her actually. She's like this positive, a good will prevail. And then she cries. Yeah. And then um, Brittany Murphy's Brittany Murphy yeah. gives her her costume to tap in. And then starts giggling maniacally. Yes. And I love when she says, Amber, look at me. I'm not going to win. <laughs> yeah, I like the frankness. She's like, I know, this is the deal. I love the dad when he prompts her to let her know that Peter's gay. Yeah. Ah, Peter never would have uh, let that happen. That is so Midwest, too, just clueless. <laughs> in the cl- Completely blindsided by your son, who's a drag queen, being gay. Who went to New York to live out his dream and does Liza really well. Peter as Liza. <laughs> Peter as Barbara. Other starlets in the film, uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Go Muskies. Yeah, who's totally whoring it up with her boyfriend and she is so beautiful yeah she's stunning yeah her body yeah roll them over lay him flat pin their shoulders to the mat her teeny little waist long red hair she's like i'm doing the pageant because um my boyfriend thinks i'll win (laughs) and then during the interview they just start making out yes yeah i see that couple as a couple who later on has like these wild crazy orgies because he like he kisses a guy he doesn't care. You know what I mean? He's over-enthusiastic. He's oh, yeah. barreling through the house. Like, you see them, like, just full of pills and stuff like that going wild. Yes. I love um, I lo- the Washington Monument, and she rubs that thing. <laughs> Which gives the uh, judges a little bit of a Oh, tremor. my God. Yeah. Also, the whole question and answer segment. I think they're at, like, in the Midwest, you would call that, like, a supper club. Where it's like a, a restaurant that okay. in the day the bars open and it would be the kind of restaurant where it has paneling and someone would bring a salad cart to your table and they'd make a salad in front of you. Oh, so th- sure. And it would always be like a teenager with pimples serving <laughs> bread rolls. So then it's like the the women's auxiliary and the men's VFW watching them do their interviews, remember? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, what kind of tree would you be? That whole section where every single character has the most perfectly spot on answer. Mm-hmm. That dog girl. What's the one she wants to be an actress? The very serious one. I can be any kind of tree you want. Just give me a minute to warm up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The monologue from Soylent Green. Yeah, incredible. That's her talent. Yeah. And I like her cues. You know, when she waves the hand. (laughs) The year. What is Soylent Green? 2025. She is so good. Also, when they're like, um, they'll never let you perform na- uh, Amy Adams. They'll never let you perform naked. I asked. I asked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? There's no jokes in this. Are these people not listening? Because these are not set up knockdown jokes. Right. They are people playing. This is what in comedy they call it. Like, it's almost like musical comedy where they call it living realistically in mm-hmm. unrealistic circumstances. Right. Everything is so bizarre. These characters in this movie, it's comedy, but they're playing it like it's absolutely real. It's like Airplane. So Airplane, yes. I was listening to an interview with the director, and they said the, the way the movie worked is because everyone had to be deadly serious. Dead serious. If they were like winking at the camera, the movie would suck. We've seen lots of movies like that. Yeah. It, and I mean, and then one of the things they talked about in the, the talk back, David was telling me, Kirstie Alley, the woman who played... Um, Gladys, who makes this stuff up? You know, Frau from... Oh, yeah, yeah, Frau. We should look her name up, yeah. By the way, I love when Amber and Becky are getting in a fight. The and fight it gets backstage. broken up. Yeah. And she goes, I hate her. And Frau goes, I know, I know. We, we all, all do. do. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to kick the cameras out. And she goes, I think you should go. The girls are changing. And they're like fist fighting. <laughs> I, know. I love the blanching at the camera being in the room at certain moments. Like she's constantly... I love the paranoia about the image. 
that everyone uh-huh, has completely like, i love that uptightness because it's like they look like I- idiots yeah but then suddenly david said that everybody had really positive fond memories of kirstie alley uh-huh they said that she didn't maybe 100 percent know her, her lines and they also said that she said that um one time kirstie alley turned to her and said i guess i should have read the script huh <laughs> Really? Yeah, I guess Kirstie Alley was on vacation. Uh-huh. So she was with her family on vacation and the whole I guess Kirstie Alley shot her sections, all her sections in a compact. She was like the star. Oh right, she was the biggest star at the time. So, so they, she shot yeah. a very compact like two week schedule did all her oh, scenes at once. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But it's funny to me, I mean, listen, it's testament to Kirstie Alley cuz she is such a star in this movie. You would never know that she didn't know what was going on. I would like to think that everybody who did this movie if you ask them their top movies they ever did, this is one of them. It's got to be. I they mean, have I, to love it. There's no way that they look back at it with embarrassment. No, because maybe at the time it didn't make money, but like the lasting power, are you kidding me? Oh, everyone goes nuts for this movie. It's like um, Judy Greer. Yeah. I'm friends with Judy Greer, and she, she when she was in Jawbreaker, she was like, yeah, it's just a movie I'm in. But then over time, she's come to be like, wow, this like really has impact on people i think people have that a lot with especially a thing that has just come out or maybe a thing that has just come out and maybe didn't do that well i'm sure jessica has it with shock treatment well i think so absolutely yeah yeah and and by the way folks i will announce it here maybe i'll announce it somewhere else but (laughs) we have a very special guest for our shock treatment movie club we were going to tape it this summer but now we're going to do it this winter because who's going to be with us jessica harper that's right janet who who played janet in shock treatment that's that's right and uh, i just recorded uh, an episode with jessica the other day for a regular episode with jake shears co-host she's a complete icon she's great oh my god she's great in shock treatment she's amazing and she offered to come for the movie club. I told her about the Suspiria movie club. I hid my shock treatment poster because I didn't want her running screaming when she opened the door. But that movie's awesome. It's so the music is dynamite. The costumes are dynamite. The The set design is incredible. And you know, the backstory of how they basically had to change the entire plot because there was like a writer's strike. Yes. Yeah. They were going to shoot it in Denton, Texas. It had a completely different plot. Everything. They had had to reimagine it to take place in one TV studio. It was originally, there was a whole bunch of rewrites that it started. Well, we'll get into this on the movie club for that though. And we have to, we, I can't, we, I can't, we haven't touched on it. There's so much to touch on. Amber does my hair. (sighs) Oh my Once God. a week. Mary Howard. <laughs> One of my favorite things about the movie. Who are you? Who oh, are isn't that you? cute? She says this every Mary. time I come. <laughs> oh, what's all this? Lights, camera, and me, me without, without a stitch, stitch of makeup. makeup on. <laughs> Denise Richards d- drives it home so perfectly. She's incredible in it. She's so fun to hate. She plays it like that. That smart, popular girl from a good family who just is fucking ice cold competitive yeah. and rotten a inside. monster yes An absolute monster yeah and, and, i mean she and she's so beautiful oh my god she is when they ask what kind of tree she would be and she says something with um strong strong Christian roots, roots. With so strong roots and then uh the strong christian christian trunk, trunk. that's it and yeah. sh- and um leafy branches to provide shade for handicapped <laughs> kids on a hot summer day yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Because I, I love how it points out that people like that just use handicapped people as like props, essentially. You know what I mean? Or like caring for other people is just a prop. Yes. And the, the, the judge, what's his name? The judge, um, the judge, Will Sasso's brother. Is it Keith? Let me think. Hank, Hank is the brother, right? That's Hank's, that's Hank is Will Sasso. Harold. Harold, right. Harold, when they're talking about uh, the money and they're like, and we're going to use the money to, uh, 
give mom a proper burial and move her out to the cemetery. Yeah, move her out to the cemetery. <laughs> move her out to the cemetery. And then right after that, Will Sasso throws himself against the plexiglass. Against the glass. Incredible. Also, at the end, when Harold's passed on and left Hank the store, and <laughs> Hank is covered in tinfoil mowing the pavement. Yeah. I'd go to that store. I'd be happy if that was my local corner store. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, there's also nothing better than Alice and Jenny getting her hair done by Ellen Barkin. She yeah. goes, you been to the Lehman's yet? If you have, you got all the shots of the winner you want. And then she doesn't finish doing her hair. She kicks her out of the kicks trailer. Kicks her out in the middle of her hair. <laughs> yeah. All right, party's over. Don't fall for it. She lives two trailers down. Also, she says, um, she, they're the richest family in a small town. Front page news and one of them takes a shit. <laughs> it's so good. Alice and Jenny is so incredible she, in this. Oh, my God. For Christ's sakes, Amber, the woman clung to your tap shoes while flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. There is nothing better. She makes every line iconic. And later on, Alice and Janney and Amy Adams were in an episode of West Wing together. I think Alice and Janney said that she seemed familiar with it. Amy Adams reminded her. You know, we were in. She's like, oh, my God, that's right. Because it was long after. And, you know, she looked kind of different. But uh, they uh, got on like a house on fire. I love when celebrities completely screen wipe who they were in movies with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you can imagine that she could do that pretty easily. She, I mean, Allison Jenny's been in so many things, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, or when celebrities are like, yeah, I don't watch the show. You don't watch the show that you're on. That's always a weird I one. don't believe that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Reality stars sometimes do that, too. I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. I'm a monster. If I'm in a blip of a commercial, I'm watching it and jerking off to it. <laughs> like, Listen, that's the normal thing to do. Do you think I'm on TV so other people can watch? <laughs> I'm trying to entertain myself, mama. Uh, and then go, oh, did you? Oh, look at that. Oh, look. Yeah. At, yeah. But I will say, Drop Dead Gorgeous is a, it's sort of, for me, like a litmus paper test, like a Tammy Brown. Where I'm like... When people are like, I don't get that movie. If you don't get it, I don't I don't get you. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing not to get. The plot is so simple, and they've adorned it with like the best jokes and the best characters. Yeah, in a savage tone. Completely. I mean, savage. Yeah. Oh, my God. The ending? When Gladys escapes prison and is shooting people from the top of a mall? <laughs> Dude, I, that would not play now. They would not allow that in a film right now. Oh, there's a lot of guns in this movie. Yeah, and but that scene in particular, it's sad that this wouldn't be allowed now. That's not the outcome we need from what the bullshit no. going on. Do you know what I mean? Like this is well, the, this is of, satire. And one of the morals of this movie, though, is that sort of like I, there's this amazing quote that I listen when I won All Stars. I will acknowledge that there was not a hundred percent like I was not the most unanimous winner. <laughs> the, the uniform support that maybe right. you would hope for wasn't there. And yeah. there's this quote from this movie that I'm obsessed with. Loretta says, "What's wrong with you?" And Amber goes, "I don't know. I just didn't want to win like this." Oh, and Loretta right. goes, "Stop right there." you're a good person and good things happen to good people. And Amber goes, really? And she goes, no, it's pure bullshit, sweetie, but you're lucky as hell. You might as well enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And you can say that that's the way to go. Yes. I mean, it's sort of like, um, there's a lot of like little wisdom nuggets in this movie. Oh, there's a lot. The the, the part, I mean, not the moral, but like winning isn't everything in Mm -hmm. this movie. Wanting to win is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, And also wanting to better your situation. And being a good person. And also, it acknowledges a certain amount of luck. 
Right. In like circumstance. Amber, somebody gets shot and Amber picks up the microphone and that's how she gets her news anchor job. But at the same time, she's able to deliver. Uh-huh. That's completely. the thing. Jessica Harper said um, something about being so lucky that her first audition for a Broadway show was Hair and she got it. And her first audition for a film was Phantom of the Paradise and she got it. So she said, I guess I've just been really lucky. I said, yeah, but you were also able to deliver the goods. Like you were able to rise to the occasion. So there's that as well. Right place, right time. And also preparation doing the shit yeah you have to be able to do this isn't that what's that old quote about luck being like 50 you have to be prepared for the opportunity completely yeah 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 also yeah <laughs> the news anchor just gets lunched oh shot right in the head it's just shocking one of our and then amber Atkins, one of our reporters has just been shot she goes so good and then amy adams goes to beauty school drops out becomes a stripper and then they know like if you ha- know about her whereabouts please call this number <laughs> but like exo it's like 1-800-exo-doll or something like that yes yeah and, and last scene in the philippines oh yes last scene in the philippines one of the best parts of this movie too is they even people who have i don't remember the character but she plays the woman who does the dog barks as a talent leslie miller leslie miller's the cheerleader she's a cheerleader chess get- winehouse Tess is the yeah, Tess yeah. Winehouse is Tess the Winehouse is, and she wears that dog blouse. Tess just threw up in the bathroom. She had a really big lunch. Why don't she shove that lucky bolt down her throat for dessert? <laughs> but um, she, she has a small part, and she makes the most of it. Absolutely. Everybody in this movie, Taffy pulls a bit part into something good. When she's doing that horrendous cowboy dance with the guns, <laughs> yes. I mean that is unbelievable. Molly Howard. Atomic oh, that's Howard. Molly Howard. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We we adopt Molly three years ago <laughs> to acclimate us. So good. And the set design is incredible as well. The trailer looks amazing. Their house, the parents of Molly, is great. Oh my god, that opening scene with the doors open and she's walking down the stairs. Be- and oh, the, like, the Lehman household. Yes, <laughs> incredible. The Lehman household. Go ahead, open it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Tape deck comes out of Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> I, and this part holds three bottles of booze. This is not a showroom, Lester. I love that they're always drinking scotch or whiskey or something. It's always yeah. a brown liquor. I, this movie is so good. I mean, who? It's hard to. You can't really miss anybody. Everybody makes their time on screen count so fiercely. And it's pretty tightly packed. Like there's no dead time. There's no downtime. There's no dull parts. It's nonstop. It's pretty rat a tat. It's good writing, and then. What I like about it is the pageant happens and it kind of feels like that's going to be the end of the movie. And then it isn't. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Because after the pageant, going to state yeah. is hilarious. And oh my God, I've been Amber when she's waiting to do her talent and yeah. everyone's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, I should just go home. But there is like one or two that after she's like, this is, this, I can't compete with this. There's like one or two who are just horrible. They're just right. like hoofing it on stage. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, there's a girl that taps better than her and she's like, I should really just leave. Yeah. Yeah. But it's sort of like a tale of like a good person in the right time persevering karmically getting everybody getting sick and her winning like default i mean come on wildly sick and then getting to nationals and sarah rose has been seized for tax evasion (laughs) and there's a riot and that beautiful scene of beautiful dreamer playing yeah and and all those all those all those national competitors flip out and like break windows smash it up yeah and it's also some kind of comment on american culture in general Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like this big illusion that you're going to win this thing you're going to be the queen for the day 
but the company's gone out of business. Winning is an idea, basically. Yeah, winning is an idea, and it's it's an illusion to sell products. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess and this is another thing that ties in with shock treatment. Actually, there's a lot of similar mm-hmm. thoughts and notions. You know, there's a lot of bullshit that people cling onto as being the most important thing. You know who you could have been in this movie? Oh, do you remember who? the opening? I thought you said John Doe. I would like to say someone else, but <laughs> please, please help me. No, do you remember the opening? The voiceover. Sarah Rose knows. Oh yeah, yeah. Sarah Rose knows. Listen, a... if Peaches Christ ever does an adaptation of this. <laughs> I'm more than happy yes. to volunteer Maybe my services. Maybe there's a clip of that. Oh, I think there is. Here, I have the movie. Usually, you know, I pull clips, but I didn't have time because we had the short window of preparation. But by the way, I know that it's irritating that I know every single movie, the word of this movie. But How I is it irritating? Even, it's movie I club. I didn't even have to refresh this movie. I could push play on this movie in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I did. I hadn't seen it in a good long time. Saw it on VHS. Actually might have a copy of the VHS in one of my big totes that I moved from across the country. Let's see if this is the clip. Yes, this is you, Craig. Also, good music for your outfits. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Sarah Rose knows. Sarah Rose knows. Yeah. Sarah Rose knows you have an unusual talent. (laughs) Sarah Rose knows you're You're a a teenager. Teenage girl. girl. Mm, And she definitely knows that you are ready for the ultimate in teen glamour. Teen Princess Pageant. TV's Adam West. So great. A few words from last year's host, Mr. Adam West. The American Teen Princess Pageant has been enriching the lives of American-made girls since 1945. The American Teen Princess Pageant provides personal growth, scholarship, (laughs) travel, (laughs) and you might even meet a few celebrities. (laughs) Which one of you will it be? Also, then it cuts off because they tape Days of Our Lives over it. Oh, that is the greatest. (laughs) Yeah, and she's pissed. And she, yeah. Although the the real takeaway is... um, when Gladys goes, and help yourself to some coffee and bars. The, the bars <laughs> made me laugh so much. Like what bars what? is so Midwest. And what are those like brownies, etc. Bars, bars. Ba- um, brownies, blondies, blondies, rice yeah. crispy treats. Okay, sure. Lemon bars, Kringle. Uh huh. What's Kringle? Oh, Kringle is something that is only Wisconsin. It is like a Danish breakfast thing that is like um, cream cheese, like a jelly. On a baked flaky crust in a circle, like a ring. Oh, okay. It's cooked in a ring, and you okay. cut it like a pizza. Okay, but only, yeah, yeah. I found out after I moved that it's really something that only exists there. I think it's German, actually. Oh, okay, that would make sense because there's a lot of German. Das ist Kringle, in that area, right? yes, yeah. Like I'm from Krivitz, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. There's a sister city called Krivitz, Germany. And oh, once a okay. year, a bunch of German people come for like a weekend, wow. and there's a party in town. Do they have Krivitz Kringle? Um, they don't have Krivitz Kringle, <laughs> but they should. <laughs> Sounds like my like alias for when I go underground. Hi, it's Kribitz Kringle here. <laughs> I saw a murder. My new name, Kribitz Kringle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when you go into hiding, which is, but well, you're planning that for next year, right? Absolutely. For when I witness Katya killing someone <laughs> again, I was going to say when you witness. I mean, I please. think she'll take out Katy Perry. You think so? Yeah, because she thinks she says Katy Perry's the Jimmy Buffett of pop music, which I think is a compliment. <laughs> still, so, like, isn't Jimmy Buffett the Jimmy Buffett of pop music? Well, I suppose. I, I guess the new Jimmy Buffett. Oh, she doesn't like Katy Perry. 
I th- and she doesn't like Taylor. You know, she feels about Taylor Swift. I do know how she feels about Taylor Swift. Yeah, which is a shame because I got that album for her as a gift. But yeah, uh, yeah. well, you know, at, at DragCon at the panel, people were asking us who our dream guests would be. Oh, I said Gaga and then Madonna, and then Brian was like, "It might not go well." I was like, "That's why I want Madonna because it would probably be a disaster. It would be amazing, right? It would be great yeah, to have Madonna all those like videos of her like being mean to her. Oh, it'd be great. It would be hilarious. It'd be funny to have Madonna be mean to you, but like welcoming it and laughing at her because I don't think she would know what to do with it. She wouldn't. I love when there's that clip of her like, can we get a window open in here? It's just suffocating. It's, it's suffocating, suffocating in here. Suffocating. And then uh, the hydrangea clip. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Oh, but then someone from the front row said Taylor Swift. And before the words could finish leaving the mouth, he was like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, He doesn't no. live. He does not live for her. How do you feel about Taylor Swift? I listen. I love Taylor Swift. Yeah. She's beautiful. A good singer. She writes her own music and plays guitar. What's not to like? Well, there you go. Right. But I've liked her since before she was pop star Taylor Swift, because she used to be teenager with the guitar Taylor Swift. And I just thought it was amazing that she actually wrote the music. Yeah. Not everybody does that. Same as Katy Perry. Katy Perry used to be just writing all her own music. Oh, my God. When they're, you think they'd have the parking lot of America to go at the Mall of America. I just thought of a theme. Proud to be an American. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. And what was last year's theme? Buy American. Buy American. And the one before that? Can you remember that? Can I remember it? A mayor, I can. <laughs> also, one of my favorite parts is when they're at the funeral for Becky Lehman. Yeah. No, um, for um, of, uh, Tammy. Tammy, yeah, Tammy, yeah. Tammy, yeah. And she goes, no one can, no one can beat me but me. <laughs> and then it cuts to a picture of her, her charred Letterman jacket. Yes. That they clearly pulled off her body. Yeah. And then she goes, it's always hard to see the young ones called home. And then she's like fake crying. She goes, but the show must go on, which reminds me, I got to see if we can borrow that barn light again to use as a spot. So you watch the Jello salad, yes. the Jello salad, <laughs> the Jell-O salad. And Iris, being the faithful servant that she is, watches the Jell-O stands salad. there, puts her eyes on the Jello salad. She won't let it go. Jello salad is so Midwest fluff. What is that again? Jello oh salad. Oh my god! Is it like ambrosia? Yes, it's okay. like it's like um marshmallows, fruit cocktail, whipped cream, cream cheese whipped in a bowl. You eat it at like a cookout. Okay, all That's right. That's like Jello salad, and then sometimes there's cubes of Jello mixed in. And ambrosia is what again? Is it similar or the same thing? I think it's the same thing. Okay, but it's more Mormon. I think that's bigger in Utah. Ambrosia. Ambrosia. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. We love to look things up on Movie Club. Hey. We're trying to let people know. Look, we're digging for the facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would like to think that Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten, Kirsten. I think it's Kirsten. I would like to think that she's really proud of this movie. I saw her once at a um, concert. I went to see First Aid Kit two years ago, Uh and she was there, and she sat fairly close to me. But she's too big of a star to like come up to her. But I was just like, does she need another homo to run up to her and tell her about this movie? (laughs) This movie that she probably doesn't think about very much. She probably doesn't Mm, care. I don't know. It's the kind of movie that is fairly iconic in someone's career. Like, what other movies has she been in that you remember offhand? Well, Interview with the Vampire. Sure. There's that. Yeah. Um, Bring It On. Okay, I haven't seen Bring It On. Really? I almost saw it if I was going to see the Peaches Christ adaptation, but then I was going to be out of town for that. So I said, all right, we'll put that back on the list of things I need to yeah. see. Fire up more Murder, She Wrote. I know that the age group for this, um, the age, the demographic for this podcast loves Bring It On. So you guys need to spam Craig on Twitter <laughs> oh, to get him to watch Bring It On. It is really okay. a great movie. All right, I'll watch it. I well, promise. It's similar right after ra- I watch Suspiria, the new one. Yes. It's similar <laughs> writing to this movie. Okay. But you know what else has similar writing to this movie? Jump. Sugar and Spice. Oh, I've not seen that. Where the cheerleaders rock. Rob, one of the cheerleaders gets pregnant, and so they decide to start robbing banks. Oh, what? who's in that? Um, what's her name? Ma- Marnie Shelton. Oh, Mar- Marley Shelton. Oh, okay. Uh, Marley Shelton. Mar- Marley Matlin. 
No, Marley Shelton, she was in like, um, but but anyway, moral of the story is the writer of this movie wrote Sugar and Spice. That's oh. why there's, that's why the tone is similar. Which brings me to the question of what these people did afterwards. So the, the actors, we know what went on with them. Like, Denise Richards moved on to Real Housewives. Yes, she did. Yes, she certainly did. Which was a, a exciting thing for me. I'm quite a fan of the Beverly Hills franchise, except now Lisa Vanderpump is not there. So I don't think I'm going to be continuing. Then later we have a question from someone who wants to talk about Denise and the Beverly Hills Housewives. Yeah, but I don't watch it, but I do know that she's on it. Yeah, and uh, she was great on Howard Stern, very frank about her sex life. What I'm curious about is, so you said that Lana Williams, Lona Williams, forgive me, went on to write Sugar and Spice. Let's see what else she wrote. So she was executive story editor on the Drew Carey show, uh, worked on the new Roseanne, or no, no, the old Roseanne, worked on The Simpsons. What other films has she written? So Drop Dead Gorgeous, In My Opinion, Shark Tale. Wait, it doesn't say Sugar and Spice here. She didn't write Sugar and Spice? We'll, we'll look Maybe it up. I made it up. She wrote some additional dialogue for a film called Shark Tale. Outside of a TV movie called In My Opinion, she did not write another film. Oh, At I least that's goofed. been released. See, that's the sad thing about a movie that flops like this. It will um, grow in stature over the years, but by that time, the writer has not been getting the gigs. But let's see what happened with the director. Because I saw the director's name and I thought, I do not know that name. God, maybe Michael I made Patrick it up. Jan or Michael Patrick Yan. Did you make up Sugar and Spice? Is this a fictional film? I guess I did. No, Sugar and Spice is a real movie. Look, there's the cover. They wear these masks to rob banks. Oh, okay. They're, and they get found out because while they're robbing banks, they do like cheerleader lifts to like spray the cameras and stuff. Oh, see, I like this. So an embittered, I like the sound of this. Okay. An embittered cheerleader who didn't make the squad rats on them. This director has been rather busy, but it looks like a lot of TV work. He also directed a lot of Reno 911, which makes sense. Will Sasso is on that, right? This writer. The writer only wrote one more film, and it was for TV. And then she went on to work in TV as an executive story editor, etc. Great gig. Uh, the director, Michael Patrick Jan, or Yan, after this film, did Bad News, Mr. Swanson, a TV film, and then went strictly to TV series. He directed Reno 911, Flight of the Concords, Little Britain, USA, not as good as the original, Emily's Reasons Why Not, which is kind of legendary. Do you know about this show? No. Heather Graham had a sitcom. It only aired one episode before it was canceled. It was kind of canceled while it was airing. Oh, wow. I think I have all four episodes on a drive somewhere. Yeah, and then Children's Hospital, a Happy Endings, a lot of cool TV community. I mean, listen, if you were in one movie in your life and this is it, you can die happy. You did a good job. And also, if you're a director and this is your only main directorial effort and you went on to direct TV, directing TV, amazing gigs. Writing something in mockumentary style is That's so, true. imagine that process. That's yeah. got to be so like, you have to be so like Specific. POV yeah. of like, well, this has got to seem real. Right. So how do we write this in a way where it's going to seem real? And right. how do the actors play it like they're not on camera? Or, well, they are on camera. Actor, because these actors are acknowledging that they are normal people while cameras are on them. So there's another layer. Yeah. And then also when you see the crew pop in and out, right? When Love. like the, it's so good. I also like when the cops crew shows up. Are we also are we on cops? Are Great we on running cops joke. Again? Yeah, that's so yes. good. Um also that one guy, he was on the scene when tragedy <laughs> struck. <laughs> Fucking beauty queens blowing chunks. I never seen anything like it. <laughs> uh Melissa Joan Hart auditioned for the role of Amber Atkins. And the original title was Dairy Queens, but it had to be changed after the corporation that owns the title Dairy Queen filed a lawsuit which i'm kind of glad they did Dropped gorgeous is a great name it's a great name it's way better the mall parking lot gladys pulls into to pick up the dresses is eden prairie center in eden prairie not the mall of america and this is the same mall that was used in kevin smith's mall rats oh wow yeah so if you're planning a tour everyone of, <laughs> of locations 
Have you been to the Mall of America? I never have, and I want to go. Have you it's been? It's fucking wild. Really? I heard there is a theme park there. Well, when I worked for MAC Cosmetics after mm-hmm. college, I was on the Impact team, so I would sometimes go to the Mall of America to do level A events for MAC Cosmetics. Ooh, now, ooh, level A. Now, would there be level B and C that others would yes, take care of? Yes, there's B and C, and then A, and then double A events is ooh. like really big they have models and like i remember one time when i worked at the mall when they had this sailor collection coming out so there was like sailors tap dancing the mall while i like sold makeup <laughs> but at the time you know going to work at the mall of america was like this is a big deal it's a yeah. big deal with this company especially being on the impact you're being, fl- you're being flown uh economy and you need to <laughs> behave yourself and if you go to dinner and you buy yourself a drink you need to get it on a separate receipt an itemized receipt please so the meal itself would be comped but the drink but if you get a drink you're out of here. There'd be hell to pay at head yeah. office. Yes. Sure. Yes. How long would your stint be when you were flown to Mall of America? Um, I only did it like twice maybe, but I would go for like the weekend. So I'd fly in on a Wednesday and then do the event like Thursday, Friday, Saturday and go home Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I flew from Milwaukee to Minneapolis, 45 minute flight. And I was like, <laughs> I'm rich. I'm min- rich. The big city Minneapolis where all of those uh, unshaved women's libbers live. Sure. Well, remember in the film, they're like, we're not like those libbers. AKA Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, the big city. There's no back rooms in our video stores. What about the woman that explains what Lutefisk is? Iona Hildebrandt? Well, she, she won during the war. Didn't even get to oh, keep the right. damn tiara. <laughs> and it melted yeah. down for scraps. <laughs> Lutefisk is some, it's like a fish that's soaked in lye for a week or so. It's best with lots of butter. According to director Michael Patrick Jen, Kirstie Alley refused to try on many of the costumes the wardrobe department had picked for Gladys, instead asking for them to be sent to the Scientology Celebrity Center in Hollywood to try them on there. Wow, she was already a Scientologist. Oh, no, she's been a Scientologist since the early 80s, at least. I just rewatched season one of Fat Actress. How is that? Someone else was talking to me about that recently. Um, I loved it. I think it makes sense that there was one season, mm, okay. but I did love it. There's an opening scene of her in her house. They shoot it in a real house. Oh, it was that's basically right. like a yeah. scripted version of like my life on the D list. Right. Right. Like it was sort of like, um, the comeback. Actually, it was John Grant. John Grant said, it's like the comeback, but all of the uncomfortableness, you feel it's really real. You do. And it, you feel like the desperation there. Yes. Well, you really, f- she's playing herself and she's playing herself as a big lady trying to stay relevant in television at that time in America. In- hollywood right and so like there's this great opening scene of her stepping on a scale looking down and screaming and falling to the ground and crawling across her bathroom floor and calling john travolta and saying that she's dying and then john travolta shows up her house with cops because he thought she was being murdered (laughs) but of course john travolta did it you know so he's in it and there's this great scene that's like a little too real where she's talking about how she loves John Travolta and she wishes they would have gotten married and that they're they're meant to be together. She's and, talked about that before as well. Yeah, she really like kind of feels like he's the love of her life. Oh, look who's talking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think we've all felt like John Travolta was a lover of our life at some point. Right? Yeah. The one that got away. Yeah, that Scientology shit is crazy. It's so crazy. And also the fact that he wore a wig up until like Mama. eight weeks ago or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Mama, that's a wig. That is quite a wig. That's Mary, a bad wig. Mary, that's a wig. good old Gilda. That's a middle number mm-hmm. wig. <laughs> I wish that he really went full, like, tilt with it and just started wearing, like, a little bus driver wig. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, a little, like, Motormouth Maybell hairspray <laughs> wig, like a blonde Motown yeah. wig. Ah, yeah, like, really, like, pushed it for the last two years. And yes. then went, look, okay, now I'm just, I'm shaving the thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm keeping it real. And then for a while, he would transition to foam, like, Chris March foam wigs. <laughs> Some of the vanity glitter wigs. Yeah, the tinsel ones. Tinsel tinsel wigs, rather. Yeah, the tinsel one. That'd be good, yeah. Um, Listen, this movie needs to be kept alive, and luckily, it's back on 
Hulu. DVD and or no, isn't it available now? Well, I think it's coming out on Blu-ray. I think. Oh, bitch! If it's on Blu-ray, I'm gonna get one. I will let you know, but it is now on Hulu. I thought it was on Amazon and uh, accidentally directed people to Amazon. It was not on Amazon. I had a copy of it, so we posted it for Hot Dog Club. But it is on Hulu for American viewers, anyway. Yeah, the music in this movie is also great too. Music's fantastic. Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. I believe Mark Mothersbaugh did the music for Rugrats. Yes, he did. Which is, I mean, that iconic soundtrack of that show. This movie, the soundtrack is definitely part of it. Yeah, I oh, don't want to be a lost Picasso. That song I was thinking of. And, um, oh, yeah. There's a lonely, lonely town. She's the prettiest girl around. Is that the ballad, ballad of a Teenage Queen? I think so, yes. Queen, yes. There's a story in our town of the prettiest girl around. Is this Johnny Cash? Yes, it is. Yes. And eyes of blue. How those eyes could flash you. How those eyes could flash you. Boys hung around her by the school. I, I like when they use downtown during one of the... Uh, oh, during like the, the, the rehearsals. The rehearsals. When, what's her name? Slams her crotch, her crotch. hard on the... Uh, little ladder yes and she's on the ground with the ice Ice back on a crotch that's really good never been around with young girls someone say something (laughs) what is it what (laughs) that running joke of him being in it for the wrong reasons is so good it's so good and also his wardrobe is amazing because they're the most disgusting nude colors and like high waist yeah (laughs) and tondu clothes tondu clothes tondu clothes play and i love the beginning Frida, sure. Yeah, she was the oldest living Luther. Now she's dead as a doornail. And the goddamn, goddamn sign. Shriners. Every year I tell them, take down the goddamn Frida sign, you lazy sons of bitches. I was also happy to hear this in the film. I'm a of huge course. Elton fan. And then this was like, oh my God, we're off to the races. Yes, and she's tapping to it. Yes, yeah. Also, the end, the Joan Jett version of um, Mary Tyler Moore at the end. Yes, yes. Uh, love is all around. Yeah. The spirit of Amber cannot be flagged by anything. When she's dancing around the dead bodies, and also just everywhere she goes, she's in her own head. She's living her full French vanilla fantasy. I have been her, like, when she's walking home from school, tap dancing through that tra- that um, trailer park. Yes. With their hands in <laughs> yeah. the air. Yeah. Um, now, and- was this after you were doing the uh, lounge circuit at age five? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this was like me in college walking home from class. Yeah. Through Milwaukee. Did you ever take that Motown act to the local bars? I did not. Turns out a white five-year-old... <laughs> Not much of a place in the Motown community. Really? Yeah, you'd be surprised. I am a little shocked by that, actually. Yeah. But then again, I don't know the Midwest Around my as well. teens, I had dyed my hair black and people thought it was Michael Jackson, but... Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. I love when she's tap dancing, putting makeup on the dead bodies. And she's down at the Bone Garden. Down at the Bone Garden. Also, like, the amount of money for somebody in a small town to afford tap dancing lessons, I, you know... There was a lot of sacrifice. Uh, yeah. Also, did you notice that... I don't know, if have you ever lived in a trailer? No. But I, I was recently in a double wide to do karaoke in Nashville and a place called Santa's. And I'd never been inside a double wide trailer. And I, I don't know if they built onto it. It's a big, yeah, it's, I don't know. They said it was a, a double, double wide, wide trailer. Is okay. Double wide's bigger. Yeah. Amber lives in like a trailer trailer. Okay. And you notice she's in the back bedroom. That's the, that's the big bedroom in the house. Oh, okay. So you it's notice, like a tour bus. Yeah. If you notice that um, Amber lives in the big room and her mom doesn't. Right. Okay. That would never happen in the Midwest. No, it would that. No, yeah. certainly not. Especially when the mom also has her office there. Yeah, doing the hair in the... Doing the hair in the trailer. In the trailer. That is so real. And that... what I mean, Alice and Janney in that, like, 
choker necklace with a feather and like a yellow baby doll t-shirt at her age it's hot and they almost made her look older they definitely made her look older like she wasn't that old then no and she's actually a very attractive woman yeah beautiful yeah she blows my tits off and everything (laughs) i tanya oh my god I was talking to someone who worked on a set with her, and apparently at the beginning of every shoot, she goes down and introduces herself to everyone and says, Hi, I'm Allison. What's your name? And then remembers everyone's name. I heard something similar about Jamie Lee Curtis. She makes everyone wear name tags because she's like, it's not fair that... You know who I am, and I don't know who you are. Yeah, kind of she's thing. like, she basically like, you all deserve the same respect of hearing your name called. Well, I love that. And then I heard this really touching story that on the last day of shooting for Halloween, yeah. the last scene that they shot was the scene where... This is the new Halloween. Yeah, okay. The last scene they shot was the one where Jamie Lee Curtis is in her truck watching Michael get escorted to another prison. Okay. And she's parked outside the prison with a gun drinking. And they gave her no direction. Yeah. They just said that your character is basically parked watching your abuser get, you know. Moved, yeah. And they just let her do whatever. And so she's like drinking and crying in that whole scene. And um, she said the last day of filming, because so much of that movie was about being like an abuse survivor, that's sort of Mm -hmm. the undertone. In that movie, everybody, um, everybody on set that day changed their name tags to um, what's her name in that movie? Oh God, what is her name in that movie? Lori. That's right. Yeah, it's, their name tag that day said, I, "We are all Lori." You know, it's embarrassing. I haven't seen the new Halloween. <laughs> Bitch, it is so good. David and I saw it three times in the movies. David's my boyfriend, and David and Nick are directly across the street neighbors. Nope, not Nick. David and Craig. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, who is Nick? I was like, who's Nick? David and Craig are neighbors. Yes, we are. We live in the same street. Yes. It's a poppin' street. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very who's who. Oh, certainly is. Yeah. We saw some celebrities in David's building. We saw some actors. You know how sometimes you see someone, you don't know their name, but you know that for a five year period, they were in a lot of TV shows. Oh, absolutely. And this and town you can't is really place that. Yeah. Today I saw um, Ryan O'Connell from uh, Special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, congratulations on your Emmy nomination. Mm-hmm. And he said, thank you. And that's it. And then uh, Sarah Paulson was at my gym. Lovely. Well, that's where you started chatting. And you were like, this is why one day she's going to be with me on my deathbed. Well, I worked with her on American Horror Story. Oh, I know. But I was in drag, so I'm sure she does not remember me. So I didn't say hi. Plus, you don't pick up people on set. You do with the gym. I know your move. I know your move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I want to pick up a partnered lesbian who is 20 years older than me at the gym. Listen, we all have our thing. You know, we all have. Honestly, thing. she's so gorgeous and she, such a good she actress. Make, she scheduled a dick appointment. <laughs> I'm so I'm so gay that if, if she if I'm like she's a, she's an incredible female actress. <laughs> if she does want to be with me, I will find a way to make you it work. <laughs> I think I could be with her, but I don't know if I could get hard. You'd have to use uh, apparatus. Maybe. Yeah, like I'm pushing thirty. You know, I can't. You can't. If just... I was going to be able to get it up with a woman, it would have been like. 20 okay. 21 yeah sure so those those days have passed you would now yes. have to think seriously Although about recent- the talent level before <laughs> i gotta review her films you know what <laughs> awards has she won certainly who's yeah. she wearing at the met gala mm-hmm. oh that's very important you know yeah, that, what's absolutely. good what's gonna what's in it for me right <laughs> you know what's gonna trigger your switch yeah yeah, yeah. what kind of lip color is she wearing is it have a heavy scent mm. am i gonna look mm-hmm. okay when it transfers out of my lips is it my shade now we're going to move into the question and answer portion of the program. Uh, we're going to start with Thomas Nugent, who says, hello from Canberra, Australia. Just wanted to say that this podcast keeps me sane at work. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Thomas. Canberra. Oh, bitch. Canberra. Yeah. Bitch, I was in Canberra, which apparently is kind of backwards. Okay. Really? Okay, I, was yeah. on, I was in Canberra and we had to do a false landing in the plane, which is when the plane almost touches the ground, but yeah. then goes back up because okay. something was wrong. 
And it was almost like the pilot looked out the window and saw Canberra and was like, I'm good. And like, kept flying. <laughs> we'll find somewhere else. This yeah. is, don't worry. Let's just land in a tree, honestly. Yeah. Is there a body of water nearby? That might be better. Yeah. So Thomas continues with, Craig, how did you and Katya meet? Well, I'll give you the very short answer because we've covered this before, but I'm happy to answer it again and maybe get into it on a different episode on a listener questions. But we know each other from Boston. Uh, I met brian katya etc at jacques famous cabaret in or jacques famous underground or jacques famous underground cabaret at one of uh katya's shows perestroika and then katya performed at my night videodrome discotheque and then uh, we both reconnected out here the rest is herstory and there you are but thomas i will get into that another time and we have covered it before so if you want to dig back Thomas adds, Trixie, if you had to choose between this movie and Jawbreaker, which would you choose? This one. Yeah. This one. I mean, I love, love Jawbreaker. But yeah, this sure. one, for sure, this one's funnier. And this one is more comprehensive in its and savagery. Unique. Yeah, and Midwestern. And Midwestern. And like, I mean, there's, it's just, I think it's, it's real hot. I think there's, I love Jawbreaker, but this movie really is it. I bet you if you, I bet you if you asked anybody who loves jawbreaker they would also have the same like oh my gosh i don't know oh god i, I can't pick just one yeah that kind of thing but i love jawbreaker is darker and sexier and cuntier mm, yeah like the looks are cuntier that's true it's that's more true. draggy yeah and i mean rose mcgowan's performance is really really amazing but um you know i met i know judy greer now because she came to see moving parts oh right yeah, yeah. the film and she I was like, you know, I was like, I, I love Jawbreaker because it's like, you know, for, um, you know, for, for, for Fern Mayo, like Violet is her drag. It's like her critique on what popular pretty girls look like. That's her drag. And Judy Grove was like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's a cool movie. Because <laughs> like when you're in something, you don't know how cool it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was just like, thank you. Yeah, it's a cool movie. And a lot of times the people in it don't have any theories about it and it doesn't register for them. Because they'll of, never see it the same way we do. Ever, 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 ever. Yeah. But then what's fun is we'll be able to put Jessica Harper through that unfortunate sort of circumstance yeah. with the shock treatment movie club. I have to mention also, was that at the Outfest screening? That Judy yes. was there? No, she was at the Tribeca screening. I see. Um, I was not at that screening, but I was at the Outfest screening. You I, were? <laughs> and oh I have God. to say, I know, you didn't know, right? You I didn't did. know. Honestly, I didn't put anybody on the list, and I didn't get to talk to anybody. So I just was like, whoever comes, comes. I didn't really invite anybody. I love the movie, and I'm looking forward to everyone seeing it. Me too. It's definitely not something I like to watch with people, because it's a little intimate. That movie literally feels like people flipping through my nudes. <laughs> That's how, like... <gasps> that's how intimate and, and zooming in oh sure yeah, yeah yeah but it's a great uh it's a great movie that's the kind of documentary you want though one that makes you uncomfortable when you watch it when it's about you it's very uncomfortable i've watched it twice with audiences and both times it's just like i just like my face madeline Kahn flames on the side <laughs> of my face like too yeah. much yeah well that's good though because if you were just like yeah it's fun to watch with the crowd it probably wouldn't be that great it's of a not. documentary yeah. it doesn't always make me, make me look good and it doesn't always make what i do look easy etc you know yeah i know brian likes to watch it with a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> it also that whole part you know if you guys don't know it covers a whole section of my life where um brian and i weren't even talking so it has a lot of ups and downs i think yeah. it surprises the audience because it disarms them pretty early with some of the weight of the material they're like oh, yes shit. It's yeah somber yeah you get into it pretty quickly mm -hmm. certainly thomas adds looking forward to seeing uh down here next year it'll be the third time thomas has seen you live oh my and... god thomas yeah thomas look at thomas Richie. That's right. Suspiciously rich, perhaps. 
And Thomas says, uh, Trixie, you and Katya make me so happy every week. Or no, it just says you and Katya make me happy every week. So it could be both of us, could be none of us. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But thank you, Thomas. Kate Bosch wrote, thank you, Craig. I'm watching this movie at work right now, pretending to be in a Skype meeting. Fabulous. Whoa. Well, Kate, I hope your boss isn't listening. Sometimes they go to these big, you know, like Google and stuff, and they always have these big companies have like a game room, an arcade, and I'm always like, who comes in here? And they're like, no one, it's a trap. Oh, it's a test. Yes. They're like, because who's going to come down here and relax and they're supposed to be on the clock? It doesn't make any sense. Although there are offices where they have that sort of thing where it's like part of the culture. Like, because sometimes they're like, stay here all day long. What? Well, some places have that. Some places really pride themselves Not on their snack Not at Trixie Cosmetics. No. Nope. I was just at the... the um, you have a saw room. Yes. I was at the, the the warehouse yesterday and people were shipping orders and I would like... And I'll just like pop in unannounced, pop my head in. <laughs> they love that. Yes. I'll pop in to see what's up. I popped in just as they were loading. A big mail truck came and we were loading boxes and boxes and boxes of orders into the truck and i showed up and just started carrying them and didn't say anything because i'm not even sure some of them who are packing product really know what i look like out of drag even sure yeah like sneak in there yeah right yesterday i sat down and started folding tissue paper to put in the orders and i was just like so what's going on (laughs) do you ever bait them like i think the guy who runs this is a real fucking jerk (laughs) (laughs) that cross change who works here is gross yeah (laughs) do you know what kind of bullshit we support in here no they're all really nice and they're all really sweet the day like the day we received our lipstick from labs they all like you know immediately were like took one out with passing it around putting it on and like germs 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 germs. (laughs) and they licked them all and put them right back in the tube and sent them right out to you guys (laughs) they're kind of like the uh, golden ticket we're like that girl who's that girl that girl who sells her bath water gamer girl yeah i know who you're talking about i want to do that with lipsticks i think lick them you could pick the pick the cap off uh take the cap off a revlon cherries and the cherries jubilee bite the tip off and put it back in their mail to your house let me know if you'd like that get in touch because uh all you have to do is do a little insta video with that proof of purchase etc if mm-hmm. you will and uh you're all set mm-hmm. then sammy rushafeski or rushafeski wrote hello from scranton pennsylvania hello oh my God. are you a fan of scranton you've been uh, the to office scranton? of course of course of course uh sammy rushafeski continues and says i love the pod it keeps me satisfied in the off season of rupaul's drag race i think that watching videos of katya and trixie has cured my lyme disease depression anxiety scoliosis and vertigo have you ever thought of doing a gig at walgreens <laughs> um are you kidding i remember back in the day um this was before drag race i applied to be a beauty advisor at a walgreens and i got the response not at this time really mm-hmm. did you ever check back are with you them? kidding i didn't get a job there i also one time this was the week before drag race i auditioned to sing and play guitar at the sub sandwich house around the block from my my house what's the name of the sub place um pot bellies in wisconsin wow and that th- they said um they were not interested in my wares now what kind of entertainment did they usually offer men with guitars yet i wasn't in drag no, was I'm sa- drag. no i'm saying i'm a man with a guitar i'm just saying like were they playing a jazz combo was it no it uh, was like a guy with a guitar doing like you know every rose while people eat like blts yeah <laughs> but that was like i was like i'm trying to make it yeah, and I'm trying to make money performing, so let's do it. Yeah. And I couldn't get it. I couldn't get a gig. I mean, yeah, <laughs> not at this time. You know, you went from the the five year old singing the Motown to the sub shop. My life is one long Pretty Woman moment. <laughs> my my, there was this guy I was dating who I wrote Two Birds about, and when that album went up to like number one, I remember texting him, being like, you know, thanks a lot. I've monetized my pain. Have a great day. <laughs> Did you get a response from that or no? Yeah. 
about as mild of a response as I ever got. He was hiding his anger. Yeah. Sammy Ruszewski continues with, I don't know if they would have you at Walgreens, but the first track I show... I saw was uh, I saw was with Miss Kasha Davis at a Toyota car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. Isn't that great? I know. I thought that Kasha was more of a Subaru gal. Whoa. Yeah. Sammy, can you write back and tell us a little bit more about that show? That is really iconic. I'm it is. Sh- I, I'm- <laughs> is there a home video of this? I Honestly, hope? her vibe makes a lot of sense. That kind of like. Couldn't you see her being like, it's a Highlander. This wagon is fabulous. Yeah. The seats face out the back window. Anyways, Ryshevsky continues, if you were to have a movie montage where you tap dance in a morgue, what song would be behind it? That's a really good question. Oh, Kids in America, Kim Wilde. I started going to tap dance at classes again. You nope. did? Yeah, to because, to, you know, I used to tour tap dancing in move, ages three and up, and then in moving parts, I didn't. But now I'm trying to, like, get back in my feet of it. And the tap dance studio right by my house, it's summer, so it's all these, like, teenagers who have punch cards of, like, you know, they go to all the classes. Oh, sure. And it's yeah, so yeah. irritating because it's, like, these 90-pound girls and these little gay boys who are, like, fabulous dancers, and I'm, like, pushing 30, like... <laughs> and, you know, if with tap dancing, if you don't use it, you do lose it. So I'm trying to, like blow the dust off my skills sure are there private instructors perhaps that you could bone up with and then oh, return to the fray be a great idea i wonder if i can i'm oh. sure there's at least one or two around la that would be awesome the debbie reynolds dance studio i'm sure is littered filthy with them yeah i mean i don't know if they would actually do it get in touch or find someone to choreograph for me and then just warm me up and teach it to me because you don't have to become a good tap dancer again you just have to learn one dance and do that and people think you're good yeah have you ever seen the movie pennies from heaven i think you would enjoy it Jessica Harper's in it, Steve Martin. The tap dancing in it is off the chain, as really? they say back in the 30s. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's a musical set in the Depression. It was rated R, 1981. I'll show you a clip from it after. Okay. It's really, really good. Do you ever see movies that people have seen? <laughs> uh, no. You're like, did you ever see The Scab and the Princess? <laughs> it was an underground film from 1961 shot entirely. Actually, they didn't shoot it. It was more of a play. That's right. And you had yeah. to be there, and I was there because I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it and directed it, and now I've been selling it on the show for a while. Yeah. You're like, honey, I shark the kids? No. You got to see the prequel. <laughs> honey, I don't have any kids. Yeah. yeah. It was filmed in a dark room at Cornell in, mm-hmm. in 71, and it was, um, honey, um, I don't have kids. No, honey, I, have, I can't have kids. Uh, honey, I can't have kids, and it was shot on 8mm, <laughs> and you can only get it on uh, the Viewmaster. Yeah. It's starring uh, Andy Kaufman and- <laughs> Andy Cohen. And Eddie Cohen. Yeah. (laughs) Long before he was famous for what he does now. Yeah. Yeah. Castle wrote, I literally watched this movie last night, I guess before we posted this thing. And she wrote, Peter is gay. Gay! Gay! Kyle Nort wrote, I am obsessed with this movie. Allison Janney is a revelation. My favorite quote is lights, camera, and me without without a stitch stitch of makeup makeup on. What are your favorite quotes? I think we covered that. But if there's anything else that you um, think of. Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. Oh, is that for me or for my gown? <laughs> That's Cause good. Because every time she comes out, she has a different gown on yeah, in this movie. true. I, I also love the line about every time someone takes a shit in that family, it makes a headliner. Yes. I'm paraphrasing now. but Yes, that's a really good one. I mean, it's it's hard to say. Also, take down the goddamn free to sign, you lazy sons of bitches. That's a pretty hot one. Also, any <laughs> yeah. of John Doe's lines are pretty great. Yeah. Do, uh, you, do you like to swim? <laughs> oh, I love to swim. Spell every... <laughs> oh, name every... Uh, yeah, uh, spell and list every state alphabetically. Yeah. That's... Seriously? Yes. Yes. Uh, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then she's really rocking it by the time she gets to West yeah, Virginia. Yeah, she's like, Wisconsin. W-I-S-C-O. <laughs> and then Will Sasso's living for that. Yes. <laughs> His pants come off. Oh, yeah. His pants, pants are half off. <laughs> pants are open. Uh, Kyle Nort continues with, other than this movie, what are some of your favorite mockumentary-style movies? And also, Casey Dugan follows up with, I hope they're Christopher Guest fans. They're bastard people, after all. So... Other mockumentary-style films that you enjoy. I really love Best in Show. Same here. However, my favorite Christopher Guest movie that gets slightly less good reviews is um, Mighty Wind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because people say that it's not as funny and it's a little heavier, but that's why I like it. I like cry every time when they sing Kiss of the Other Rainbow. Yeah, I love A Mighty Wind. I went through a phase where I was watching A Mighty Wind like once a week. <laughs> wow. I loved that movie. You know, they did a concert tour of I those I did songs. know that. And yeah. character. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and, and the folksman would open for Spinal Tap sometimes. Kiss of the End of Rainbow was nominated. For, I think they performed at the Oscars. Yeah, they, they did. they were nominated for Best Original Song or whatever. Sometimes, though, the folksman would open for Spinal Tap years before A Mighty Wind happened. So people would not know what was going on. And people who were there to see Spinal Tap were booing aggressively the folksman who was is that the spinal never tap did no wonder and also yeah. a little tone deaf in that movie at the end that he's just a woman oh right i realized that i was transgender that's right i forgot about that's harry shearer's character in a wig it's tasteful it's very tasteful yeah but i love i love that one castle returns with a question what is your favorite part of this movie she loves the constant cigarette smoking and the accents i think the constant cigarette smoking is high up on my list in terms of favorite parts I mean, when Becky gets blown up at the end, it's pretty satisfying. This is exactly how I pictured it. Choking on some on gas. Yeah, there's a lot of really great parts. I mean, the entire section where it's everyone's talents is pretty amazing. Yeah. You can't really beat, I love you, baby, with the Jesus. Oh, I mean, no, that that's, is so much. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so good. And also the way that she carries the Jesus off the off stage. Off the stage. Yeah. And then, and then Becky, um, Gladys Lehman comes out and goes, voice of an angel, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. As if she doesn't know her, as if it's impartial. It's so good. Oh, there's some fun facts about the extras during the, that sequence. When they were filming that sequence, a lot of the extras were very offended and walked out. They didn't know that there was going to be some kind of semi-sacrilegious thing happening, and they were not having it. Wow. Isn't that wild? Trevor A. Fry writes, sending lots of love from Seattle. And Trevor, we're sending that love right back to Trevor! you. Trevor! Trevor's question is, if you had to live in a video game for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Thank you, Trevor, for sticking to the movie at hand. But answer that question because I don't really have an answer. Oh, my God. What a great question. Um, You're a bit of a gamer, right? If I, yeah, if I had to live in it. I mean, I play mostly horror games and a lot of those I don't want to live in. I can imagine. Um, I just played this game that kind of like impressed on me and stuck with me mm-hmm. deeply. And it was called... A Life is Strange. Okay. I've never seen Twin Peaks, but people say it has a Twin Peaks feel. It's mm-hmm. like a small, a very small town with a very specific feel where a girl's dead and gone missing or whatever. Sure. But it, they they built the characters so realistically and it had a very like uh, 2005 to 2008 indie vibe. Uh-huh. And it was just very like any game that makes the ecosystem so real that you really feel like you could live in it. Okay, sure. That game really did that to me. But most of the games I like are murder games. So, like, I'm not trying to wanna, live somewhere no. with zombies. I mean, you don't want to live in murder town, no. Yeah, also, like, you know, I don't know. It's good to vacation there, but you don't want to live there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe Tetris for me, because, uh, I, you know, it'd be fun to build stuff. But other than that, I can't really quite think of one. So, yeah. And I haven't played one probably since then. Maybe one of the Super Mario Brothers ones, if the pizzeria is really open. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zoe Keller writes, so glad you picked this movie. Well, thank you, Zoe. I am as well. And let's thank Trixie for that. Of course. I was like, Craig, I would love to do it as um, let's do Drop Dead Gorgeous. Exactly. And Zoe writes, it's always been one of her faves. And Tracy, was your love of tap at all influenced by the queen of tap herself, Miss Amber Atkins? Um, I've thought about doing tap as her. Like I always wanted, but that costume's not that flashy. No, it's not. It's a top hat. It's a top hat, but there is the glittery bodice right yeah spangly yeah it's i mean it really is triumphant when she does that dance finally what if you did the red number that gets stolen from her and then (laughs) explain at the beginning a few years ago peaches christ like five years ago did drop dead gorgeous as a you know a peaches christ production yeah and i couldn't do it because of a work commitment but um she was scouting me to play amber but i couldn't Uh, do it but if i had i would have really tapped and really enjoyed it yeah now have you ever seen the exorcist part two no because there's a quite bizarre sequence in it with linda blair having hallucinations in the middle of this strange school talent show but she's a tap dancing in it all right work. N- not very well thank you very much zoe and holly white writes hi tracy and craig long time listener first time caller trixie with the overwhelming success of your music youtube series cosmetics line documentary etc oh my god keep it going oh yeah do you feel the pressure to continue to put out new projects to keep up the momentum, or are you content with the legacy you have already created? I don't put out anything to impress anybody. I just put it out because that's what I like. Like, I've always wanted to do my own makeup. Yeah. And I've always written music and always done comedy. So I just, I mean, honestly, I wish there was one more day in the week. I never feel tired. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I just, if I had tomorrow to just focus on this, then I could get back. Yeah. You know, I wish, because of everything I want to do, I wish there was more days in the week. How do you handle scheduling things? Just don't sleep. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I sleep, but honestly, this is kind of depressing. I haven't been able to drink. It's depressing that I haven't been able to drink. <laughs> and it's I, a shame. You know, I've been the... seeing Wimberley, so I'm up at oh, right. 8 every day to see Jason wow. Wimberley. And then I'm in bed early because I'm up so early. I mean, I literally go to the gym, go home, I work on writing. Katya and I are still working on a book. Yeah. So I'm working on the book, writing the album. And running this cosmetics business is a full fucking time job. Nobody tells you that when your business is brand new and you don't have a lot of employees, it all falls on your shoulders. That's true. So like, uh, especially when you get to fold all the tissue paper. Yeah. It's like a lot of, it's, it's all a lot of very real work, but it all means a lot to me. And so it doesn't feel like work. No, that's good. That's good. Do you ever find yourself feeling fatigued at all? And you said you didn't feel tired, but sometimes there's that, you know, uh, excitement of project that is keeping you going keeping you going and then one day you go oh my god i have no gas left in the tank only when i like misbehave and stay out too later when i try to cram in a social life that's when there's a problem oh so yeah. i just can't have a social life I eat a sandwich or something yeah yeah when, when was the last time you had a drink sunday so i'm glad you're not drinking at all <laughs> <laughs> well i played the hollywood bowl sunday so i celebrated oh, well i mean that's a certain time to uh, now what did you have to drink um, I had like three glasses of white wine and then my neighbor, mm-hmm. I live directly across from, I moved to a new, a new condo. Congratulations, by Thank the way. Thank you. You're you should welcome. come over. It's I, all pink. It's fabulous. I would love to. So my directly across Kitty Corner neighbor is a gentleman who has, he. I don't want to say who he a was. A drinking problem. No. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I don't want to say who he was. He was a very famous porn actor. Oh, great. Gay porn actor. Sure. And drag queens and porn actors are like buddy cops yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yes exactly because we both present a fantasy to a community that's not real you know yeah and so i can't i love him because he you know after five i know he's like smoking weed with his chihuahuas so if i come home and i want to like 
not go out, but have another drink. I'll just text him. I'm like, I'm bringing over wine. And we just met, but I'll go over and sit on his... The other night, Sunday, I was in full drag on his patio, and he's like this giant muscle, like, God. He looks so uh-huh. gorgeous, holding his little dogs. And we just had a kiki. And then I'm like, fuck, it's like 1130, and now two glasses of wine is four glasses of wine, and I have <laughs> stuff to do tomorrow. I love to relax and have drinks, but I, I get hungover so fast. Oh, that's... A, yeah, I know So I'm one of those people that I love to turn up, and then I have two days of like dead oh that's right i remember we were all out one night and then we were like talking about doing something the next day and the oh, next mama. day you were like oh no 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 that's not the thing and i, I thought oh right hungover yeah yeah, yeah 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 i get the least hungover when i'm enjoying um something from sky vodka oh that's right because sky yeah. vodka is the greatest right that's yeah. right or i've been switching to wines like um i partnered with this company babe rose and so they gave me a bunch of rose and i've never been a rose person mm-hmm. but theirs is so fabulous that they're fabulous and also they are um not terribly strong so i can have a like a glass of wine and know it's not gonna like knock me out oh okay you know you go to a gay bar for one drink and that's a that's a heavy drink it can be a lighter fluid and sometimes yeah. it's like i'm a fast drinker and if i have if i go out and ask for singles i have a much more successful evening Oh, I have fun okay. and I'm not blackout. Yeah. You have to tell them though. Yeah, make you, this... you absolutely do. Okay. Or yeah. they'll pour doubles. Right. And right. I mean, oh my God, me and Nicole Byer were just at Just for Laughs and we, it was a Friday of Just for Laughs and bitch. Just for lunch. <laughs> just for lunch. And we sat at the hotel bar and got twisted. <laughs> and I was hungover the entire next day. And that was like one of those days where I'm like, I had the day off in Montreal and I'm just in bed now hungover. That's a shitty feeling. Yeah. So it's not worth it. True. And with my fitness journey again, it's like I can't afford to be hungover because Jason's going to make me cry. Now, do you find that wine is easier or worse for a hangover? Um, I can't really tell. Because sometimes wine, because it's so um, sugary. Denser. Uh, yeah. And it can sometimes play hell with people more so than, say, a vodka. So it's, But it's very much up to each person. Vodka is definitely cleaner. You know, Willem yeah. just drinks shots. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Because he's like, I don't want to have to pee and drag. I don't need extra calories. And if it's shots, I can actually count how many of drinks I'm having. That's really smart. Also, he's incredibly pragmatic. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, uh, he's awesome. He is. He's fabulous. Um, I wonder what movie club he'd want to do. I'll have to check in with friend him Friend of that. the show. He's been on the show. Yes, friend of the show. I've uh, been on a couple times. Absolutely. Uh, and let's see. Oh, and Holly caps her uh, comment and question with, oh, honey, I love you. So I guess that was... That is very sweet. It's very sweet. Thank you, People scream, oh, honey, at me in public at all times, and it's really lovely. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's good you don't have like a really lewd catchphrase, right? Well, are you kidding? People scream, fuck me in the pussy (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Fuck me in the pussy with a rake, mom. We're at Target. So... (laughs) Right. You need to calm down. Yeah, just chill a little bit. Yeah. A wave and a smile. I was at Target, and the guy who... You know how at self-checkouts, there's always one person kind of overseeing the checkouts in case something goes wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. He comes by and grabs my shoulder. He goes, I'm not going to embarrass you. I know who you are. Fuck my pussy with the rake mop. Wow. It was like a haiku. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Well, at least he did it quietly, right? Yeah. Casey Dugan wrote, Trixie, what is the most dead accurate example of rich Midwestern culture featured in this priceless cultural artifact of the 90s? You notice that the mom and the dad of the rich family are pretty good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in small towns, you can really tell that the families with money are more attractive people. Sure. And the poor families are the gut buckets. <laughs> so like the in a small town, the good looking, the dad that teach that coaches basketball 
the mom that you know has a full-time hustle she yeah. like she's like has highlights in her hair mm-hmm. like wears trendy scarves yeah sure sure you know they have the biggest house they make the most money the kid gets good grades the kid is beautiful the kids in sports so like it really is just like better kids and parents and worser kids and parents <laughs> and i was from the worser kids what's the magic of money completely yeah bianca i think posted this one thing when she was like don't forget you you're not ugly you're just poor. And she posted like the Kardashians then and now. Casey Dugan continues with, for everyone, from the beginning, everyone being the two of us, from the beginning, who is your girl that you're rooting for to win? Like if you were a betting woman and there was a line on this in Vegas, who would you put your money on? If I was a betting woman and there was a line on this in Vegas, I bet it all comes down to Becky Lieben and Amber Atkins. Oh, sweet Jesus. What a showdown this should be. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I really think... When I watch it, it really looks like Amber's going to win. Yeah, I thought that there was going to be a big upset. I mean, I love in movies when that when they're built up one way and then nothing happens. Like, there's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where Cordelia and Buffy are both trying to win May Queen. And I believe they announce a tie and they look at each other like, ah! And the tie is for two other people. <laughs> so there's a moment where you think, oh, that's how it's resolved. They were competitive and now yeah. they both win and then they both and, lose. And then, surprise, and then it yeah. shows them look at each other and roll their eyes and they both storm out. <laughs> I love shit like that. I do, too. Dan Cronin writes, Hello, Gregory and Tracy. Well, hello, Dan. I know Dan from Massachusetts. He writes, It's Dan from the whimsical land of Westford, Mass. Longtime friend of the pod. First time truth seeker. I would like to know, have you accepted Loretta as your personal lord and savior? (laughs) Also, super psyched that Tracy and Katya are coming back to Boston with Fina on Halloween. Oh, I know. I think this is our, I want to say third Halloween. Cool. But last year, I think Katya... Had a, another gig, not another gig, had a filming conflict. She had a filming conflict. That's she sure right. did. Yes, she did. And so last year they booked in her place like nine drag race queens, which by the way, I love Boston. I love everybody there. Yeah. Katya does not equal Trinity <laughs> plus Tammy plus like, bitch, that little scabby bitch. You could book any, we could have got just Tammy and people would have been like, work. Um, but this is our third time doing Boston. Every year it sells out immediately so make sure you get your tickets yeah yeah um and you know katya and i bring high concept impressive halloween numbers oh absolutely right. actually last year fina did a whole big she did um like elaine stretch i'm alive number as oh, wow. um, the bride of frankenstein it was so cool oh cool and you know usually for halloween i dress as trixie on halloween <laughs> so i literally dress as me with like a witch hat yeah yeah what are you gonna do i mean <laughs> yeah i just i'm not like a chameleon i'm not like gonna dress as somebody else and like i always pick something that's still Trixie. like one year i did caroline from poltergeist blonde hair nightgown perfect perfect by the way still Trixie is like a good fifth album title still Trixie. yeah after all, <laughs> all these years. years and then last year i did a um a fembot blonde hair nightgown <laughs> so like i pick easy things like a little metallic thing somewhere to indicate that you're a robot yeah this year i want to see if katya wants to be um poison ivy and harley quinn with me that'd be good but i don't know she's not gonna dress up as a batman character she'll mm-hmm. probably like one year she did dead anna wintour oh right fair point she's weird yeah what about poison ivy and dead anna wintour because <laughs> <laughs> i was like katya's not far off from a, a she would make a good harley quinn and a good Bond uh, villain. So thank you very much, Dan, and enjoy that show. I will not be there because it's in Boston. Jay writes, hello, you gorgeous heathens, Trixie and Gregory. This movie is the tea. It's up there with Steel Magnolias and Death Becomes Her for me. So I'm so happy we're all chatting about it. Tracy, I don't take you for being a big drama girl, but can you tell us about some of the cattiest, pettiest, meanest, or most insane encounters you've had backstage with other queens or comedians? Love your hair. Hope you win, girlfriend. Um, I will say I'm constantly stunned. 
Okay. I'm going to tell this story because it's not at all incriminating. Oh, it's fabulous. not at all shady. Yeah. Alyssa Edwards, Katya and I did a gig for MTV Movie and TV Awards. Mm-hmm. I presented and then we did like a wrap up where we watched it live. Yeah. And we're getting ready backstage and Alyssa is such <laughs> a fucking <laughs> psycho. A psycho. She's talking to this, this, we had this really cute PA and it was like his first day on the job. So Alyssa's kind of like putting him through it. Mm-hmm. I think once she realizes it's his first day, she's like, how much can I kind of fuck with him? Uh-huh. So me and Katya are sitting there getting ready and Katya's actually pretty quiet backstage. She usually is on her phone between smoke breaks, you know, like white knuckling <laughs> it. And I'm, you know, putting makeup on until last second. Alyssa is like duct tape on her head, you know, in her little wiggle wiggle dress. Yeah. And she is talking so explicitly <laughs> to this PA. Because yeah. he was talking about how he's into girls, but he recently came out as bi and no one knows. And he just started being with guys. Okay. Yeah. And Alyssa goes, you want this dick? <laughs> I know you want this white dick. And we were like, oh my God. Wow. And then she, um, once she gets her wig on, she was just like, I know you want me to fuck you like a woman. <laughs> and, but me and, so me and, and obviously she's doing it for me and Katya's enjoyment because we're like scream crying. And yeah, this PA yeah. is like flushed red. <laughs> it was so funny. But and, any other good drama? Honestly, not enough. And now that yeah. I'm a makeup mogul, I'm so ready to be canceled, ended, and exposed. You know, we we're talking about self cancellation, I think, recently. I, on honestly, an expose yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I want I want a video to surface of me using a slur. I want okay. um I want hair to be found in one of my lipsticks. I want the drama. Sure, sure. We'll work on that. Yeah. Include we'll get back me. to you on that. Yeah, absolutely. You aren't an, you aren't an accomplished makeup persona until you have like a public massive fallout. scandal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mel Giblin wrote, Hi Trinity Taylor, K Bonet, Marmdell. She means Trixie. Uh, I know that you've been on a fitness journey lately and are on your way to becoming a hot insta-gay. But hot, for, hot smoking insta-gay. But for us poor gals out there, how do we become the inner insta-fitness model we know we were meant to be without the cold hard cash to tempt a personal fitness trainer to help us? Well, I've never had a pit for a personal trainer until now. Oh. And if everybody remembers, after Drag Race, I gained about 30 pounds. And then in my first summer in P-Town, lost all of it got super tan and muscly and thin. Mm. It was the best shape I've ever been in my life. And I did it through exercise and running or running and diet. Was this a self-induced program? Yes. Yeah. I was just broken up with. And Uh so I was like, "Ah," like revenge body to myself. Yeah, sure. And it was right after drag race and I was traveling and drinking a lot. And I just like was just putting on the pounds and not noticing it. And then suddenly I was 30 pounds heavier. And if you go back and watch episodes of, uh, you can tell Katja's always the same weight. And I am like, (laughs) 30 pound difference at all times. Yeah, yeah. So what I used to do is I used to run every single day, every single day. And then every other day I would go to the gym and do arms or legs. And then diet is the most important thing. It really is. You can't outrun a bad diet. No, you can't. In fact, you can do very little. In college, I took a class on diet and exercise as my science elective. Uh And we had to take a diet and break it down. Subway diet does work. Why does it work? Because it's a diet that consists of no exercise, but Mm -hmm. you are allowed to eat two 400 calorie subs a day. Right. So you're you're starving. Yeah, eight hundred yeah. calories. You can't live on that. No, you cannot. Although, wait a second, four hundred calories a day and eighteen miles a day is what worked for the previous pageant winner. That is so. true. <laughs> I was ready. Honestly, it's all diet. You got to drink more water. Stop drinking booze. Oh, I also stopped drinking booze when I lost all the weight. Okay, sure. And soda, maybe? No, I don't drink soda. Okay, well, you had one earlier today. Exposing you. you had I'm exposing it. Oh you. Oh my god! But then you just blatantly Look at this. Full on this like, is boxed water, motherfucker. Okay, I'll take a picture of this for proof. This is boxed water. Hmm, flow so, alkaline spring water. Um, I know we're not supposed to think like this, but 
the motivation is to look at pictures of myself where I was when I wanted what I looked like, what I wanted. Yeah. There's this video that came out of me and Todrick doing chapstick. And that was already like enough pounds ago that from like two months ago that I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I always gain weight so gradually and then no one tells me and then I have to lash out. Like I remember when I got chubby the first time, I was like, Katya, why didn't you tell me? She was like, what was I supposed to say? You slapped the donut out of my hand and you helped me. <laughs> but then I got really fit and she tried to put the moves on me. Oh, well. I declined her because I'm not into fucking gremlins. But <laughs> <laughs> These little catches, these yeah. little issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, diet is the most important Diet's the thing. most important yeah. thing. And you just gotta, like right now I've been having a meal service delivered, which again, not financially relatable, but I've been having meals delivered. And so I'm eating 1200 calories of vegan food a day. Is this meals on wheels? No. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know if you were taking advantage of a service that uh, didn't know <laughs> that, you know, you I'm were using well. Clean, I'm using clean LA. <laughs> And it's like a thousand some dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like $1,500 for 28 meals, which breaks down to 10 bucks a meal. Uh huh. So it's not that much. No, it's not that much. People do way worse damage with Postmates. Yeah. I mean, for breakfast, I have like yogurt with some granola. For lunch, I have a salad. In the afternoon, I drink vegan bean broth or vegan, <laughs> vegan uh, broth, vegan bone broth. And then at night, I get to have like tears. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard. I'm hungry all the time. That is difficult. But I'm Midwestern. My DNA, I'm 29 years old. My Midwestern DNA is like, shouldn't you have a bum knee right now? <laughs> shouldn't you be 400 pounds? Shouldn't you be riding through a Kmart in a chair? So also your Midwestern DNA does not know what to do with the vegetarianism. Oh, no. My my body is like red. My body, I mean, my body's like, you should look like an armchair by now. <laughs> you should be divorced and you should be looking like an Ottoman. If you're younger than us, There's if you're like in your early you, yeah. teens, so everyone pop off, sis, literally eat whatever you want. Yeah. Because unless you're already having a difficulty with it, because I'm telling you, you'll be, I'm at the point now where if I have like a weekend that's out of control, I swear to God, I gain 10 pounds. It's tricky. I'm not glamorizing an eating disorder. No, 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 no. But you're just pointing out how helpful it could be. Yeah. (laughs) But if I could just dip my toe into the cool waters of like, (laughs) not, not bulimia, not anorexia, but. Maybe just, maybe just over restriction. Yes. I want to become that person who people are like, we're at dinner, have what you want. And I go, no, but I do eat, but I'm like, I guess discipline. That's not an eating disorder. That's discipline. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah. You want, well, you want it to be like cute enough that you can call it discipline and not. But the problem is I get a little, I like to drink. Like my ideal night is to like come home from a bar at bar close to definitely drunk, order veggie grill or something, order literally burgers. Okay. And then play PlayStation drunk <laughs> while i eat burgers and pizza yeah yeah that's all i want that's really and i can't it. have any of it no <laughs> especially for singing i lose my voice two drinks in the next day i can tell my voice is like oh, really? half gone. oh yeah okay yeah so on tour especially on tour the tour bus is full of like great like not great but like you know um oh there's things on a tour bus you press a button and then underneath the seat out comes a full fridge of booze. oh my god and and like um like Trader Joe's wine, just like by the bottle, and and there's no one to stop you, and there's nothing to do but sit on a bus. So it's like, you really have to. It's just mind games, mind games with yourself. Discipline. Every year when I write my new stand-up show, there's always a section about fitness, but it's because for me, diet and fitness is a constant. Like, oh, my DNA is not built to be thin, and it is just a constant like drama. It's a grapple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. understand. I'm turning thirty. My boyfriend's like, "What do you want?" I'm like. A piece of cake. <laughs> Do not bring a cake to my house. Buy a piece. Okay, so I will bring to your new place a piece of cake from Sweet Lady Jane, which is so good, but it will knock me out, and I, I have to take a nap, 
we were at the you know that video for Iggy Azalea. I started from the bottom and yeah. Uh, okay, I'm in that video mm. and there's real cakes and they got Sweet Lady Jane. And oh, so there's fuck. a giant cake that was a prop that no one was even going to eat. Yeah. And Iggy was like, please take it home. I was like, I can't. Yeah, it'll be bad for me. Yeah. And Iggy's body is literally an an actual two hour glass. I'm like, you don't understand. (laughs) You don't understand. Yeah. So thank you, Mel, for your your question. And uh, so the basic boiled down principle, that is for the poor gals uh, out there, just don't eat cake. Stay away from it. (laughs) And then uh, Tika writes, hello, everyone. Tika from the Yeehaw land of Dallas. I was wondering for each of you, which character in Drop Dead Gorgeous do you identify with and why? Each of you remind me of particular characters, but I just want to know who you feel is most similar to you. Well, Tika, I would like if you could respond to this with outlining who you feel we represent. So you go uh, first for this one. I mean, I'd love to think I'm Amber, but I know that I'm probably Molly Howard doing that. Uh, doing the cowboy that, uh, yes, uh, dance. Yes, doing the square dance. That's me <laughs> literally marketing two birds to the masses. <laughs> like in those in those movies, you always picture yourself as the amber, but you know you're the... But no bark can compare to the mightiest bark of all, the German shepherd. Like right. that's me. I could be her or the um, silent green girl. It, and <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I would like to fashion or idealize myself as Amber for sure. Yeah, especially the, the hot dance moves. Oh my God, yeah. Keeping a chipper attitude no matter what. I love when she goes, this is this is not a teen princess pageant. This is this is Nazi Germany. <laughs> Where did they get this stuff? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Autumn Ruiz wrote, hi guys, y'all proud to be American? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, there's good stuff, too, despite what's been going on lately. We're not all lately. bad. That's true. It's the good half of us that needs to, you know, push push here. To rise up. Just remember this. Old people don't want you to vote. That's true. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. I saw this powerful PSA recently that was old people, and they were like, I'm going to vote, and I'm going to vote. It was all old people, and they were all Republican, and they were like, and we don't want you to. They are counting on young people not voting. That's true. That's true. So all the young people listening to this? The most anti-establishment thing you can do is to is not to not vote. It's to actually yeah, vote. Yeah, it's to actually get engaged. That's the most yeah. punk rock thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. So stay punk rock and vote. And Autumn also wants to know who our favorite character is. I think it's a uh, it's Amber, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably Amber. It's hard to not love her. She really is the best. And Loretta, um, close second. Yeah. 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 L- Loretta, close second for sure. I love when she's like, your mom wanted you to have this, that drink. Oh, yeah. My yeah. mom wanted uh, me to have this. Yeah. You bet. And then she's like, oh, for Christ's sake. And then she just drinks it herself. <laughs> yeah, that's very Midwest. I remember like my first drink was like, like I, I didn't drink when I was young, but like when you're a kid and you're like, I want to taste the whiskey too. Your mom will be like, do it. <laughs> Go ahead. Taste it. Yeah. Just to watch you like not like i mean I'm, i remember tasting brandy i sat on my grandpa's lap and he was like i was like i want to he used to drink blackberry brandy and i was like i want to try it he's like try it and i remember like the taste of that oh my god it was like burn my nose hairs yeah and i yeah. remember he said that'll put lead in your pencil <laughs> <laughs> he was right it's true and now look at that yeah uh, I've been erect this entire. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what you've been drinking out of that box is blackberry brandy. I just didn't want to say anything. Woo. <laughs> uh, Autumn says her favorite might be Gladys. Kirstie Alley turned the party for me. Love the podcast and love your hair. Hope you win. Oh, thank you. Sarah Martin wrote, I saw this movie when I was far too young, and the scene that made an impression on me was the light falling on the girl. Oh, it's right? so good. It's so good. And then she adds, especially when she went into tech in theater. 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, what's the weirdest, most memorable <laughs> stage mishap you've ever seen? My cousin just had a deaf baby. I'm going to see it. I need to go first. <laughs> I um, owe my life to that deaf baby. I owe my life to that deaf baby. <laughs> um, the stage mishap. Um, I mean, they're pretty, pretty regular. Yeah. I've had a lot of things go wrong. Did your heel go into the stage at Outfest? Oh my God. Are you kidding? That was at Outfest. Yeah. Outside. And it was literally boards and I'm in spike heels and I'm like, it's going to happen. I'm going to fall through the crack. And then you were attacked by moths. That moth flew right at me. Honestly, one of the worst things ever happened to me was that fly landing on my lip and, uh, (laughs) and then they taped it and replayed it. And they, they've used the clip like three times now to show a a bug landing on my face. (laughs) I'm like, can we not? But that moth though, it was like a reenactment of Alfred Hitchcock's the birds. Have you ever seen the the video of me falling in San Francisco? Yes. Okay. That's probably the worst one. Okay. And it's, if you guys search Trixie falling YouTube, it's about a 10 second clip. It's bad. Yeah. My hands shake in the air and I hit the ground so hard that both my shoes came off. And this was 30 seconds into a five minute lip sync. So I had oh, to get up and put fab. the shoes on and keep going. Great. And people were tipping me like a burn victim. <laughs> Just like, oh, okay. Are, are you? Uh. Oh, yeah. Is your pain catchy? That kind of thing. Yeah. There is a series of theater fails on YouTube that I highly recommend. There's a really great one. Uh, are the- you talking about the miracle worker? <laughs> yes. I am. <laughs> I know there's an actress who's playing the deaf and blind icon, Helen Keller, and she walks off the front of the stage clear off and there's an audible and it's rough. There's also a series of Peter Pan mishaps. Have you seen those? No, like, like fly. Yeah. Oh fly yeah. Mistakes. Oh, and there's a really nasty one where the stage light falls. There's a whole bunch. I'll post the cl- uh, the link. I'll post the link on the, on the page. Sadie writes, Hey gang, a quick question from the United Kingdom. I know you guys aren't too fond of children, but what do you think about young audiences? I myself am 11 years old and absolutely love drag race. I'm a lot more mature and can talk about sensitive topics. In your own opinion, what do you think? Do you think it's acceptable <laughs> or a bad idea? <laughs> Oh my god. 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 Wait, wait, wait. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I love you guys ever so much. If this does get mentioned on Whimsically Volatile, congratulations, it did. I thank you so much for taking your precious time to read this. Also, if this does get mentioned, here's a nice greeting from me, an 11-year-old girl in Manchester, which with much passion to be like you guys. Lots of love, Sadie X. I didn't mean to laugh, but it was so funny to be like, I can handle sensitive <laughs> topics i'm 11 right exactly i'm <laughs> not i'm not like those other girls i'm, a, I'm not 10 <laughs> i mean please I'm 11. i will say i would describe my act my music and my jokes as adult material but uh-huh. i'm not going to tell you not to like it like i saw showgirls when i was like 10 years old my parents had a policy with films and basically if craig can understand it he's allowed to watch it so i think that's done me rather well and i think that's great for sadie yeah go for it sadie it's just yeah. you know everybody knows i'm not a, a children's entertainer a children a children's entertainer yeah exactly but, but she's but 11 I'm not gonna she's, stop not a, you. she's 11 she's not a kid <laughs> it's so funny to be like i'm sensitive to this stuff i'm 11 and i'm a lot more mature and can talk about sensitive topics <laughs> i know sadie i'm sorry don't let that no, shape sadie, you. You, you like if you like us you know what we're doing with this yeah 
And I don't know, maybe you won't anymore. So uh, Elizabeth Smith writes, in honor of the tragic food poisoning incident at the Minnesota American Teen Princess Pageant, do any of you have a gnarly food poisoning story to share from your own lives? I've never had food poisoning. Knock on some wood right now, please. Uh, where is the wood? Yeah, that no, that's leather. Everything in Craig's place is particle board. Yeah. <laughs> that you realize that that trace, the trace leather? Oh. No, this would knock on a book that not the book there. There you go. Okay, good. Never had it. Good. And but hope- then again, I'm a vegetarian. How do you oh. like, I bet you don't, don't most things come on from like spoiled or expired meats and fish and poultry. And I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think a vegetarian could get food poisoning if they really your try biggest, hard enough. Your basic, biggest risk would be like sprouts. Mm, yeah, possibly. Like when you go butter. to Jimmy John's now, you have to request sprouts because they don't come on everything. Why? Because there's a slight risk associated eating sprouts. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good to know. But so I love sprouts, sprouts fan. So when you go to Jimmy John's and you get the Jimmy John's is lit. Jimmy really? John, yes, bitch. Anybody from the Midwest? In the Midwest, we have Jimmy John's on every corner, and it's called Freaky Fast Delivery. And I'm not kidding you. Hang up the phone. It's at your house in ten minutes because they have a wall of phones and five ten drivers on at once the second your order's done somebody's on a bike or a car going straight to your house oh, okay and yeah. then no other trips just to you just to you yeah direct what service is, i mean jimmy john's is oh, so good and what's their vegetarian option do they have, more oh, than they one? have a number six and a number 13 the number 13 is kind of the preferred one it's like double provolone um uh well sprouts not anymore but you still add them um yeah. tomato cucumber uh mayo which I don't normally like mayo, but whatever. And then like barbecue chips, bitch, put the chips on the salad. Oh, oh there you but go. But those are deceptively, I looked up how many calories are in like a Jimmy John's sandwich. You don't want to do that. It's deceptively, even though it's a vegetarian sandwich, it's more than you think it is. I'm sure it's more than some of the meat sandwiches. Yeah. It's a lot. The bread, you know, and everything is a lot. If you're ever eating ice cream out of the carton, do not look at the calorie thing on the back. Oh my God. Ben and Jerry's. Oh, it's... Cherry Garcia, the serving, it's four servings per container <laughs> and it's 400 some calories. So it's... 1200 calories if you eat that pint it's basically your daily intake yes that's how much i eat per day of vegan food now uh lydia languish wrote hi craig and trixie if you were a tree what kind of tree would you be and if you ran a pageant what theme would it have oh um if i was a tree what kind of tree would i be does the cactus count i think it does i think on this couch it does yeah and then um if i was running a pageant what would the theme be Oh, gosh. Probably not America. I love what they do in, like, Miss America, where people dress like their country. Yeah, that's fun. So maybe I would want people to dress like their culture. Mm-hmm. And not, not just, not your ethnicity, but, like, something in your culture. Yeah, right. Let's say your family's willing to square dancing. Do a Western look. Sure. Not It has nothing to do with your race or anything. No, no. It's just local culture. Yeah. Yeah. I would say either 40,000 Leagues Under the Sea or um, <laughs> Carrie. Oh, wow. Oh, Carrie. Good one. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? Yeah, that's a really good one. I don't know what what the dance is. Night of a Thousand Carries. Night of a Thousand like Carries. Everybody does like lo- carry white long hair with a gown. That'd be perfect. And then you could dance with like a guy who looks like William Cat. At the end of the runway, everyone gets hit by blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. And it's how you carry it off. That's mm-hmm. how you get scored. Catherine Bedrosian wrote, hi, Craig and Trixie. Hi, Catherine. How much do you love Loretta? And what is your favorite Loretta line? I think we covered this before, but for me, it is the uh, anyone in that family takes a shit and it makes the headlines. I say it a different every time, but that's my favorite one. I like once a carny, always a carny. Yes. Well, because business comes first for the dad, right? <laughs> yes. What? He chose his career oh, over us. Oh, he chose us. his career over us. And she says, honey, once a, once carny, a carny, always yes. a carny. And I also love... You think an ice cool mint would help if I shoved your head up your ass? <laughs> I do also like when Ellen Barkin is throwing that candy at the... Uh, the next next one who comes in here without a pack of luckies dies! <laughs> throwing the candy. Throwing. Yes. 
Emily Wren wrote, Hello, so I'm an ice skater from Florida, and this movie reminded me a lot of some of the crazy competitors I've met. Have you ever encountered someone who will do anything for a win slash fame? And if so, what's the story? Drag race. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not very competitive, and so I don't really relate to that in, in a lot of ways. I'm not super competitive, but if someone is trying to fuck with me because they're really competitive and they're trying to weasel me on something, then it will click in because it'll I'll be offended. I've heard of people who didn't win Drag Race calling a. I've heard of those people too. But if we have a double booking, (laughs) they will call the venue and ask them to remove that I won because they're also on the poster and they didn't win. Wow. Yeah. I love so stuff I've had like clubs that. tell me like, did you know she called and asked to have to remove that you were the winner? That's I won't great. say who, but like I've, it gets back to me and I'm always like, I would never do that. No, I would no. even cross my mind. Right. Who cares? It's a kind of a bad look and bitch. I'm so happy I found out cause I'll forget, never forget it. <laughs> well, now would you do another gig with this person? Yeah. And I would never bring it up. I mean, there's drag race girls who just flat out don't like me. Who've rec- who c- they call gigs and request to not be in a, their dressing room with me. Wow. Is it because of all of it? Is it because of the farting? <laughs> Craig, we have like a serious conversation here. And you said because of the farting. I know. I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I brought the show to such a low. We never do that never. on this couch. Yeah, there's I, a drag race queen who um, is like, delete my number, never talk to me. Um, and if we ever have a gig together, I'm going to request. And so we, whenever we have a gig. We, I thought you and Brian toured together fine. but I, <laughs> <laughs> I said a queen, not a fucking scab monster. Uh, I would ask on the same season as you, but I wouldn't want to make it too specific. Well, I've been on a few. I know. Uh, I, you know, I've appeared on every season of Drag Race since I was on it the first time. Since season one. No. Nine. <laughs> seven. No, that's seven, right. Seven, yeah. eight. Eight, I was in t- untucked. Nine, I did like a, a casting thing. Right. 10 i was in um, the casting couch thing that scandal yeah. 10 i was in the first episode um 11 i was in a mini challenge and 12 you played the role of rupaul exactly <laughs> secret secrets out because <laughs> we all know my rupaul is compelling <laughs> yeah incredible unclockable <laughs> and drag race uk you're actually three of the judges yeah yeah i saw rupaul recently and i was like I was like, RuPaul, I have to say, your impersonation of RuPaul is getting very convincing. <laughs> and Michelle went, better than yours. <laughs> and I was like, no! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, good she can roll with the joke. Yes. Ed Hawkins wrote, I feel like the burnout in the bathroom was written for or inspired by Parker Posey. That's an interesting <laughs> thought, yeah. Oh my God, what a great idea. So perfect. And then he continues, hey, clubbers, y'all are the Mount Rushmore of podcasters. Hooray! That's very sweet. I've only seen this movie once before, many years ago, before it became nearly impossible to find. And why is that, by the way? I don't know. Rights issues, maybe? Yeah. I mean, weird things happen like that. Like RuPaul told me once about Supermodel, about the ownership of it was weird. So that's why they never release it on Drag Race. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So people, you make a movie because you're a young movie writer and the people who pay to make the movie own part of it and sometimes they don't agree on how to release it and that could literally put your movie in limbo yeah because not everybody will sign something and also it could be music rights too because maybe there's an integral song in the film and the rights holders of that are being difficult or obstinate or that's what happened to season one of drag race oh okay there's something with the music licensing in season one of drag race which is why it's not on tv much wow and now there's some new thing where you can it's streaming but you can't get untucked i don't know someone was telling me about this and i thought yep. that's a shame you watched season one? Oh yeah a long nice. time ago yeah bb was t- on all stars bb was telling me she's like we literally were in here with two cameras nobody entered the workroom there was no we just walked in right she was right. like she was like we were in here with literally two cameras 
Yeah. There's nothing. No, when you watch clips of it, you're like, oh, yeah, wow. It's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. Thank you very much, Ed. And Kat Barton wrote, hello, Craig and Tracy. Thank you for reviewing one of my favorite movies. If you were blown out of your trailer, what is the one thing you would shove in your panties to save? My 1971 um, Malibu Barbie. Mine might be my jewel, because it's also slim and easy <laughs> <Jewel>? to fit. <laughs> so you're flying through the air, you can smoke? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, I could fit two of them in there, probably. If there was something other than that, I would grab, I guess currently my Murder, She Wrote box set. Did you see it over there, all 12 seasons? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I sent it to a friend the other day, and she said, is this a cry for help? Uh, I like that you think you recently came out as a little gay to people. <laughs> but you have your murder she wrote box set that's worse than taking a dick <laughs> well I did, I did have a friend of mine did review my decor recently and was like really you're just realizing these things now Craig's like i'm gonna be really brave and i'm gonna come out in your disco shirt with your madonna lunchbox your madonna lunchbox and the books on, and the books on craig's table you guys yeah re- jake re- shear's book grace jones fossey well there's two playboys yeah, yeah, that's true. The Jessica Hahn issues. Yeah. Yeah. My friend was also like, this cruising video disc, is this new? I was like, no, this has been here for ages. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, but my posters, you should, though. You've, I, seen, you've seen Nightmare on Elm Street too. I have to see it again. I haven't seen it since it this came out on tape. This about you. <laughs> re- re- repressing your gayness. And... Uh, <laughs> well, there's the documentary now, right? About him? Yes, I just saw it. Yeah. It's called Scream Queen. Basically because of that film, his name was Mark, I believe. Yeah. Because in that film, he was like a serious up-and-coming actor, but because the film had gay undertones, and the rumor was that like it's about being gay, because of the AIDS scare, yeah, it like blacklisted him from working. Oh, wow. It like ruined his career, sort of. That's crazy. There's a lot of horrible stories. Like All the guys and boys in the band had a lot of trouble. Not all of them, but most of them. Because it was at a time where you couldn't even get roles because women were afraid to kiss a gay actor. Yeah, on, that's on right. Even. That's right. Yeah. It was nuts. It's crazy time. So he like moved to Mexico and quit acting and only surfaced a few years ago for like, again. Wow. Not surface. It makes it sound like he's hiding, but you know, he was in entertainment. Right. It's right. crazy. It is crazy. Durgan K wrote, I just watched this for the first time a few days ago. I was appalled. My gay ass hadn't seen it. Because it's clearly iconic, star-studded, and I haven't laughed so hard in a long time. My friends and I watched it because I've been ranting to them recently about my love for Denise Richards since she joined the cast of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Also, Wild Things is one of my favorite movies, even though it is, just as I thought, trash. (laughs) My friends think her acting is atrocious, but also love Drop Dead Gorgeous, so we decided to have a Denise Richards movie marathon. That's an interesting uh, way to spend an evening. I want y'all's hot take on Denise. Is Drop Dead Gorgeous her only good movie, or do you agree with my assertion that Wild Things is a true, important masterpiece? Would love your help settling this debate with my friends. Much love to you both. What do you think? I've never seen Wild Things. I have. There's a really good nude scene in it with Denise. But it's just Neve Campbell, right? Yeah, who I also had a crush on. Oh, who doesn't? Right. I mean, she should be literally celebrated forever for her performances in Scream. True. Although I remember I had a girlfriend who was always kind of grossed out that I dug her. She's like, why do you like her? I was like, I don't know. I just do. Are you kidding? She's so beautiful. And yeah. it's like a equal parts pretty face, equal parts just a strong looking face. She's like... Yeah, she is very strong looking. Like a, yeah. She has a very strong jaw and strong brows and dark... I mean, she is so good in Scream. If you ever YouTube her screen test, her screen test oh, is on right. YouTube for Scream. Yeah. It is so good. And they're just like in a casting room and she's on a fake phone in a chair. It is like... Oh, that reminds me. We're going to do uh, Scream 2, 3, and 4 sometime, right? Bitch. I got to watch them, and then we'll do the movie I club. I can't believe you haven't seen 2, 3, and 4. I know. 
the show's now becoming what movies has Craig not seen? That's by the way what what's happening. I just worked with or I just I just saw um Nico Tortorella who is in Scream 4. Oh, okay. And I just rode on a plane directly across to Anthony Anderson. Oh, wow. Who was in Scream 4. Yeah. And I just, I love that movie so much. I just try not to freak people out when I find out they're in something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun though, right? It's always fun. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Scream 4 is so good. I can't believe, it. yeah, she's great. Maybe when we do that, maybe now with this Jessica Harper revelation, maybe we can get someone from the Scream films. Oh my God. Are you kidding? And you look, one of them's probably a fan of yours. Probably not. Well, that's that hopeful spirit. <laughs> These are like big celebs. Like Nev Campbell. Massive big celeb. Yeah, and LA's weird because people from things are either, they've gone on to be too big to talk about that, or they didn't, and so they're bitter to talk about that. It's so hard to find people yeah. who are enthusiastic about something they did. Well, that's a good point, too, especially in a certain age range. People get uptight about things. I'm like, I love your movie. They're like, but what about my fucking upstart baking company? Yeah. <laughs> no, they get mad that you're not talking about what they like now. I notice also professional songwriters sometimes get a, a be up their bonnet or whatever about like talking about their old stuff. And they're like, but I got a new thing. And you're like, yes, I know that. However. I know. I just met Adam Schlesinger. You know him? Yeah, yeah. The Fountains of Wayne guy? Yes. And he's like a super famous TV music writer. Yeah. And I was like, nice to meet you. I got to tell you. Fountains of Wayne is one of my all-time favorite bands, and all your live albums, you guys sound even more perfect and live. And he was like, oh, yeah, we that band's been broken up a while. So Lenny Eamond wrote, hey, Craig, Trixie, and friends, who would be better at recreating the Jesus dance routine, Katya, the Cock Destroyers, or Tom Holland dresses Rihanna? Hot dog love to all of you. Wow. I feel like the Cock Destroyers would get a good run for the money. I think so, too. Absolutely. I mean, I would think it would be Rebecca on the cross. Okay. And Sophie. Sophie's a little more of a cheeky. I okay. think she would deliver. And Sophie sings. So it's a good double act for them. Yeah, I think Katya's a little too uh, Catholic triggered to do it. But she has done some of those sort of uh, edgy, religious religiously numbers. Yeah. That spoken word lip sync before pussy good, pussy sweet. What are, you, what are you looking for? I'm looking at these lights back here. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're a dazzler, right? You know what I'm thinking of getting? The hue lighting system where you can tune the color uh, on your phone. Like you could like change. if this wasn't a sex couch. <laughs> <laughs> what color makes you horny? Yeah, well, that's what, what I want. What mint green? Oh, exactly. I'll dial that in just right. <laughs> yeah. My friend was over and she was like, you know, this is like a 70s porn set but but shot through with a bunch of 80s stuff so it's like this Good hybrid point. and i said thank you very much i'm glad you appreciate the aesthetic yeah i love uh 70s shit my doll specialty is like 67 to 75 that's like my sweet spot of collecting dolls. okay yeah and some of the 70s dolls are so fucking wild how many dolls do you have so many hundreds uh-huh do you have a, a room specifically for them no i have like a you have them hanging on nooses all over the apartment <laughs> i have a big tower in my bedroom um just full of the ones that are the boxes and then i have a, clo- a huge closet that's a total waste because it's floor-to-ceiling boxes of dolls oh that's tricky yeah uh-huh and then recently I've been into this doll named Dusty. <laughs> so I love Barbie, obviously, but yeah. Dusty was this doll put out by this company called Kenner. And because of the women's lib movement, they were like, no, people are going to turn on Barbie. What's the next thing? What oh. if we made a doll that's a little more earthy and athletic and realistically shaped? She's going to be the new hot thing. Oh, wow. So they made Dusty. And Dusty wasn't a flop. She was not a hit. I see. And so I'm very into Dusty now because I like I like the 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 history of like no they're not gonna like Barbie people are are into earthy girls now so if you look up look up a picture of Dusty yeah I will everybody at home Google Dusty by Kenner I love her but her face is alarming the sculpt in this doll is is freaky but she's so seventies oh wow people say she looks like Katya oh, during her tan phase okay I've seen 
Dusty in one of your Insta stories, and I thought it was like a newly made goof thing that someone gave you. I did not realize that this was an actual doll on the market. Yeah, no, she's from the 70s. So she's discontinued now, but she looks fucking gnarly. Now, are there any ads, maybe? Oh, the Dusty Kenner commercial is crazy. Dusty Sky, <laughs> fashion and action. Dusty and Sky, you can pretend they just got back from tennis and swimming, and now they're getting ready for a party. You can also buy other Dusty outfits, where you see this display. Dusty and Sky, you're beautiful. The Dusty Tennis Sports Set, Sky and all accessories sold separately from Kenner. Wow. Have you ever seen the Baby Laughs a Lot commercial? No. Bitch, watch Baby Laughs okay. a Lot. So um, I love Dusty. And also, she's not beautiful. So the nerve of them to write, you're beautiful, into the music. <laughs> you're I was beautiful. Reading a, I was reading on a doll website. This woman was like, I remember going to the store to get a Dusty doll finally. And when I got there and saw it, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this one here? Yes. This commercial's nuts. It's from Remco. Yes, Remco's fierce. Listen to Remco's baby laugh a lot. <laughs> oh my god, this is horrifying. It's like a horror trailer. Isn't that shocking? It is shocking. The thing just rocks back and forth. It's only a oh, you need to watch Sugar Rice Crinkles too. Okay. I'm very into old commercials. Oh, I love old commercials. Usually my jam is 70s and 80s. I know that's surprising. Um, yeah, Sugar Rice Crinkles. This one is nuts. Breakfast. Oh my. I'm hungry. <laughs> what? I know. Take it from Crinkles. That's me. The best breakfast under the big top is post sugar rice crinkles. So crinkly, so delicious, so different. Each grain of rice in sugar rice crinkles is crinkled with honey and sugar. It's so good, I crinkle every time I eat it. No matter what other rice cereal you've ever tried, you'll love post sugar rice crinkles best of all. Honey and sugar make it different and wonderful. A circus of fun to eat. So you crinkle on down to the store for post-sugar rice crinkles, the greatest cereal treat on earth. The beginning of him like standing up was Oh, it's a so lot. freaky, yeah. This ad's making me crinkle. Yeah. I'm going to crinkle. I'm going to crinkle myself. And it's a full minute long ad, too. Mm-hmm. Ads used to be so long. Really long. Uh, TV show intros used to be endless as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they would have songs that describe the whole premise of the show. She's uh, a girl with an apartment. Yeah. Oh, you know what's really going to butch up the place, though. You know what else? I have uh, another box set that's on its way. What? The Complete Dynasty. Would you just see my Dynasty champagne glass? <laughs> Maybe you're not such a ladies' man. Maybe they think you're gay till the last second. <laughs> it seems to work on both, you know, which is good. Yeah. 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 It's a certain, it's a certain like all inclusive vibe. I'd I like to think uh, it's a little, it's a little murdery. Yeah, but that's I think the thing that tips them over into like oh, you well. know, like it's like murderers keep souvenirs. Oh, you have a lot of souvenirs. Well, like yeah, that, lunch, that Madonna lunchbox. Is there a finger in there? There might be in the thermos, possibly. <laughs> uh, but such glitzy and glamorous ones, like the, all that jazz VHS. <gasps> Uma thermos. What, what the rush mirror though? That really throws things off, doesn't it? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. What about the drag name Uma Thermos? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, welcome to the, the stage, stage Uma, Uma Thermos. Thermos. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, she's got a toe in the show business. It's queen of lunches. Oh, a little fun fact we forgot to mention earlier. Goldie Hawn and Sigourney Weaver were originally sought out for the roles of Annette and Gladys. Yeah. I would have seen Goldie Hawn in that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but Ellen Barkin really turned it. Yeah, I, I can't see anyone doing it better. They would be good, though. Kel Adams wrote, did you know that Peter was gay? Gay? <laughs> gay. Rebecca W. writes, hello, all. Are we on Cops again? I am so, so, so excited that you're doing this movie. I think I've watched my ancient DVD so many times, it's going to wear out soon. I'm in love with the entire cast, but the Annette Loretta friendship is amazing. My question is, do you have any lines from the movie that have made it into your daily life? I find myself frequently saying, really, Loretta, to people and getting completely blank stares back in replies. Just, you need new friends. Really, Loretta. In moving parts on the national tour, I used to walk out in the second half in a new outfit and everyone clapping. and I would say, is that for me or my gown? Oh, that's good. Oh, was that, that for me or for my gown? Did you hear knowing titters in the audience or a few? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. like my opener, Brandon, he loves that movie too. So he would always like scream, is that for me or for my gown? And then the ones who knew, did you have like someone go out and be like, would you like to go backstage? <laughs> would you like, I don't pick guys up at, at shows. I'm not crazy. I'm not Katya. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think by the time a show's over, people have decided they don't want to sleep with me. <laughs> it's usually if, if you do the show right, I think. Yeah, yeah. they're like, never mind. Something's <laughs> wrong with you. Uh, let's see. Rebecca adds, love you all, love the show. And if Trixie were a betting woman and there was a line on it in Vegas, what would the odds be that the uh tour would be coming to the U.S.? You'd have to really convince us. Ooh, okay. You'd have to really sweeten the deal, make it really good. Because we tour alone and sell out venues. So That's true. We'd have to move into arenas. That's right. Or perhaps stadiums. Yeah. Moxie Lamont wrote, Thank you, Craig, for keeping the podcasts and Hot Dog Club running smooth even while traveling. Well, thank you very much, Moxie. Much appreciation. Sorry, this question is not about the movie. I did watch it in preparation. However, I wanted to ask my CMT Artist of the Year every year a question. Trixie, are you aware of or do you own the 1982 Mattel Tracy Barbie? Do you collect and appreciate gifts from fans of vintage, valuable Mattel Barbie memorabilia other than the dolls? I antique, refurbish, and resell these items, and it's a serious money-making side hustle. Do you collect wow, the stuff? Wow, what an amazing side hustle. Yeah. Um, I collect a little bit of everything. Um, Souvenirs? I don't have a Tracy. If I remember correctly, Tracy was a bride. Mm-hmm. I think Tracy was like a, a bridal doll, I think. Um, let me try to look her up here. Sure. Yeah, I think she was. A, but um, I collect a little bit of everything. Like, I have... Four different dream houses from different decades. Huh. I have the sixty, the original sixty-two one. I have the seventies one, the eighties one, and I even have, I have the really cool big A-frame one. It's huge. Wow. Um, I have a uh, vintage Barbie wallets. I have um records, photos, clothes. Um, I have a lot of stuff. The only thing I don't have a lot of is um, as the dolls get newer, I don't have as many. I specifically like older toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a cutoff in the, the vintage. Yeah, I don't care that much about a lot of new ones, unless they're really cool. Like, I have the new Moschino doll, um, or like at some of the conventions, they'll have limited edition convention ones you can only get there. I want those. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that. It's a great hobby. I think it's someday if I, you know, it's investment, you take care of them and you can sell them someday for more. Yeah, or just, you know, use it as an excuse to buy more to have fill up another area of the house yes (laughs) but i will say this the great thing about having tons and dozens and hundreds of barbies in my house is when people come over people fucking nut they love it they nut for barbie yes everybody loves barbie and so when people come up and see that in real life they're like oh my god do you have a barbie lunchbox Mm -hmm. good does it have a finger in it 
but I don't eat feet. I'm on, I'm on a di- I don't eat. I don't eat. I don't eat food. I'm on a diet. <laughs> Nick Allen wrote, "We use red Kool Aid for the blood of Christ." <laughs> hi, hi, all. Tracy, love you, longtime fan. Trixie, you mentioned you were a state title winner in pageants. What was your talent in backing music? And is there anything more hilarious than Denise Richards serenading a crucified Jesus? Oh my God! So when I first started doing drag, around the time where I was getting frustrated because I was so new that I wasn't getting a lot of bookings, one of the queens was like, "You know what? Do a pageant. It gets your name out there." Uh, you know, gets you to get to know people. It's just yeah. a community thing. So I went to um the state like uh n- um entertainer of the year pageant in Wisconsin, which is a pageant system. And there was like five contestants, and I was like, you know what, just do it. Just just whatever, go do it. Who cares? And I accidentally won. Ah. So then I was a state qualifier who had to go to nationals. So then but then I, I immediately when I found out I had to go to nationals, I was like, I'm not doing it. So okay, I forfeited so you- it for someone else. And then they were like, okay, great. Um, you, This is where you send the crown. And I was heartbroken because I didn't put it together that I would actually have to give the crown oh, back. Oh, yeah, of course. I was like, no. So, um, but my talent was I tap dance to Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Ooh, what an interesting choice. Yeah, I was in all black leather, like t- big tees out, blonde, like 80s hair and tap shoes doing like, you know. That's what I'm wearing right now. There you go. <laughs> tap dancing is very impressive to people. So I knew I, if I did that, I could win. Jameson Everett wrote, Hi, Trixie and Craig. Thank you for showing me this absolute gem of a movie. What makes you proud to be an American? Love you guys. Thank you, Jameson. Love you. Living in a country where you can take an ugly old mountain and put faces on it. Faces of Americans who've made this country super great. Makes me, Becky Lehman, proud to be an American. I'll have to second that as well. Yeah. yeah. Also, the uh, really uh, terrific access to Blu-rays and all the kinds of stuff you can get on Amazon Prime that like friends like John Grant have to get smuggled in, basically. Because the tariffs are so high if you live overseas. I also live in a, live in a world where comedians can make fun of their um, political figures without being killed. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I always wonder with the current legislation, when SNL, etc. is never on your side, do you ever stop and think, am I wrong? Yeah, I think that would be a when good indicator. When the comedians are yeah, against you. All the time. You are wrong. Across the board. Yeah, exactly. When they're never like, I like him. They never say that. Never. Yeah. Not like with Bill Clinton. Right. And they had plenty of material with him, but they still really enjoyed I know. I was company. listening to Kathy Griffin at Outfest, and she was like, remember the good old days when we could make fun of, like, jizz on a dress? <laughs> Those fun light and days. And now we literally have to just try to not have concentration camps for kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get into it, but you know. Salem writes, hi, I love you all. This question is for Trixie. Trixie, do people from Wisconsin and Minnesota sound exactly the same, or is there a bit of difference from the two regions? Not everybody sounds like they're from Wisconsin. Green Bay is probably the closest to like, okay, if you want to hear like where I'm from, do you yeah. remember that viral video of that woman complaining about uh, the candles from Bath and Body Works? I think so. Yeah. Should I pull it up? Or she, Yeah. Okay. The, uh, she's like, I was at the Bath and Body Works peach bellini candle and this, you know, so that's like where I'm from. That's the version of that. So this was viral for a while and everyone thought it was hilarious because of her accent. To me, I was like, this isn't funny. This is how she sounds. Hello, everybody. This is going to be extremely explicit. So if you don't like swearing um, or angry people from Wisconsin, then turn your mother effing camera off now. (laughs) She's very, very explicit. I just got back from Bath and Body Works, and I am going to start from the very beginning. So like this whole thing, this whole, like her in a fleece Oh, sure. With a Green Bay Packer jacket yeah. with blonde side bangs. Like, I went to high school with this girl. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's like where I'm from. Yeah. That's but, your hometown. Yeah. But I think in Minnesota, it's probably about the same. Mm-hmm. It sounds the same to me. Once you go further west, it becomes like Fargo. 
Sure, sure. And then, uh, which is almost Canadian. Yeah, I was going to say it edges up to the Canadian. Critica Darling wrote Trivia Break, which six time Oscar nominee lists this film as her first acting credit on IMDb? Oh, Alison Jenny. There you go. Is it right? I don't know. But her first acting credit on IMDb, did, well, Alison Jenny was in other stuff before that, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll have to get back to that one. Don't know. We'll uh, check back. Oh my God. Alison Jenny has an Academy Award, seven Primetime Emmy Awards, and a Golden Globe. Oh my God. Wow. She is really that bitch. She was denied the Grammy all these years, though. <laughs> Beth writes, what do you think is the most underrated line and or character and unrelated to the movie, but would you ever come back to the Calgary Stampede, Trixie? Your show was magic. Much love to Craig and company. Well, thank you, Beth. Much love to you. The Stampede was a magical. I, w- I would come back for sure. It was so fun. The most underrated character. I mean, everybody really gets their shine in this movie. That's part of what makes it so good. Um, underrated oh. is very difficult. Amy Adams, maybe she's overshadowed sometimes. Or not talked about as much. Yeah, I mean, they're all everybody kind of gets their own individual moment. They really do. Probably more Brittany Murphy. Yeah, that's a good point. I could have done with more Brittany Murphy in this movie. Me too. I actually it misremembered it as having more for some reason. Yeah, like if she could have been Amber's closer friend. The that would have been. Yeah, that would have been great. The one that she chats with. And yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Jennifer Willett wrote, or Jennifer Willett, I don't know. Let me know. Jennifer Willett wrote, to Trixie and Katya, well, guess what? Only one of them's here. What drag performances have moved you to tears? What has really inspired you lately? I saw this Judy Garland drunken tapes drag for the first time yesterday, and it floored me. Do you know the Judy Garland drunken tapes? Do you want to hear a little bit? Sure. Oh, they're so good. We've played them before on the show, but I think early on. Uh, have you guys ever played High Point Coffee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love that. It's decaffeinated. It's decaffeinated. Because I'm active enough, thank you. I'm active enough. My, My favorite, favorite time of day is night. night. I love all the scenarios, too. And she's yes. like, okay, Marty, take, we'll take five. Or he's like, thanks, Lauren. We'll take five while we re-review this yeah. part of the script. It's a coffee lover's dream. Also, um, I like to enjoy my sixth cup of coffee as much as my first. <laughs> Who's drinking six cups of coffee? I know. And I mean, when she was drinking that caffeinated, what the hell was going also, on? Also, her deep voice and her brown teeth. She's not the coffee saleswoman. No, no. But no. oh my God, I didn't know how beautiful she was when she was younger. Oh, she was stunning. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm very self-conscious about talking about myself. But I think I've got something to write about at last. If you like it, you'll like it. If you don't like it, you won't like it. But you won't be able to take it lightly any more than I've been able to take it lightly. I've laughed at myself when I should have cried. This was recorded on Katya's iPhone last spring. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had every reason I got damn mad. I'm an angry lady. I'm a lady who is angry. I've been insulted slandered humiliated but she talks like sweetheart now i'm a rather intelligent i think or and i'm emotional yeah i'm a woman i'm emotional i'm not something you wind up and put on a stage that sings carnegie hall album and you put her in a closet and forget to invite her to the party (laughs) is she just talking to someone the backstory behind this is that her agent wanted to make her some quick money so arranged a book deal for her for an autobiography and what he figured out was he'd just have her record her memoirs right record her stories so there's hours and hours and hours of tape of her drunk pilled up 
ranting about this stuff. Yeah, this isn't even maybe the best part. I'll have to send you. I have this double coming disc. to. By the way, expect literally this for the Trixie and Katya book. <laughs> yeah, you can transcribe it, change we a few were, things. We're working on the book, and we're working on right now. This is some behind the scenes tea. We're Ooh. working on this book. Yeah, and we're writing because you know Katya's touring, and I'm around, and we're t- we're writing separately. So we're writing a lot of sections apart from each other. Sure, and then we're sort of reading each other's and laughing. And um, they were like, well, you know, for the sections you want to do together. They were like, you know, Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally, they just laid in bed and put their phone on record and just talked. I was like, you're saying I have to get in bed with him? (laughs) This is no deal. The whole deal's canceled. How do you do it? Uh, Someone, I think, had a question about this. Do you guys do Google Doc stuff or do you just write your own Yeah, we have like a shared document and we each kind of like get inspired and take a section. Okay, yeah. Like, um, and we kind of take sections we know more about. Mm -hmm. So like I'm doing a section on alcohol because she's never she's never enjoyed booze right in her right life. no so like you know we're kind of taking the sections we know about like boston you're gonna do the whole section yeah on boston. she's gonna do boston chevron and red lip liner <laughs> you know and i'm gonna do uh sock puppets stringed instruments and uh eyebrow threading perfect jennifer adds lots of love from tokyo do you think the trixie and katya tour or moving parts will ever make it over here oh my god i would love that you know in all the years of traveling um i've never been to asia Oh, wow. I've never even been to ever. Most of the girls have been to Singapore, Hong Kong. Yeah. Chi Chi yeah. like, I've been to Hong Kong like four times. Huh. Kim's like, you know, the president of Korea gay culture. <laughs> yeah. She sure. goes to Korea. And if you ever get to watch the videos of Kim when she goes to Korea, the lines are on the blocks to see her because she's like such an icon. Yeah, sure. I've never been. I've always wanted to go. And I always thought because of like the Barbie thing, people would like kind of go for it. And I would get to yeah. go to Asia. It's just never happened because they love Barbie there. They do. They do. Jennifer adds that they would love to see you and would absolutely help to get you booked and support with any language issues. And then this is very sweet. Craig, I love you too and would love to see you in Tokyo. The show must be a load of work and it is all greatly appreciated. But that's very sweet, Jennifer. Thank you. And hopefully one day I will make it out to the Tokyo. Oh, yeah. I've never been and, and we should all go. We should all go. Nice little package tour. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Get, get some of your gay friends. Something to sweeten the deal. Get about 1,500 of your gay friends to buy premium ticket prices. I'll be there. Yeah. Just make that happen. Put that package together and then yeah. uh, let us know that there's a check waiting. Yeah. yeah. You know, because Brian and I are talking about maybe doing some live podcasts. Yeah. Small tour or maybe. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. yeah. People will go to Bob and Monet's. People will go to anything. <laughs> Ah, ah, so there's a bright future out there for all of us. Oh I my think. God. When I was in Australia touring, the vinyls were selling really well on tour. And I was like, that is so cool that the vinyls really fly like that. Yeah. And the woman selling merch goes, yeah, people buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then Craig, I was in London last year and I was hung, not hung over, um, air, was it? Jet lag, jet lag, jet lag. Yeah, that's super the thing. jet lag because I flew from Australia to London, which is one of the longest flights in the world. What is it like, twenty two hours? Yes, yeah. awful. I had to fly to Dubai. <laughs> it was awful. And then, so I'm getting one of those um, IV treatments yeah. to like rejuvenate you because I had a show that night. Yeah, and so I'm in full drag with the needle in my arm. <laughs> I wish there was a picture of that serving yeah. cotyrillas. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I go. So do you do this for a lot of famous drag queens? And she goes, Hmm, mostly celebrities. <laughs> Oh, wow. And then, bitch, the other night, I played at the Hollywood Bowl, you know, and my dentist, Dr. Sun, was there. And she I talk about her in, like, every one of my acts because she's yeah. a really nice older Asian lady. And um, she's a great dentist. And she was like, oh, my God, I was so proud. You were performing. I was, You came out. I was just, like, shocked. It's so proud. It's so amazing. And then she goes, oh, by the way, I saw you on the screen. You need, you need veneers. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, I love anything that's just like curveball. Deflate like, the balloon. Yeah. She was like, you were so good and amazing. Your voice. Yeah. I saw you on the screen. You need veneers. <laughs> so at the Hollywood Bowl from that far away, she could tell. She you could tell. Veneers. Well, she could tell her maybe she's looking for another I round know. of uh, dentist payments. I know. Tanya wrote, the Jesus dance routine was my absolute favorite moment. Blew my non-existent wig off. Just wanted to say that as a non-American, it's really weird to think this kind of pageant culture actually exists in some form. Please educate this European. This movie is obviously way over the top, but I'd love to hear your views on how accurate you think it is. And Trixie can't wait to hopefully run into you at Drag World next week. How accurate the movie is? Yeah. It's pretty right on. Yeah. I mean, it's slightly exaggerated in places. The outfits, the hair. Yeah. The buildings. Oh, the costume yeah. design. Yeah. It's all right on. The VFW hall thing, which is, it's sort of a thing in Canada. I remember going to a couple the weddings. The VFW and, yeah. hall, that is so real. That is, so, I mean, like, that's the type of place where people get married. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, That's very real. Especially the scenes, like, when they're doing the rehearsing and the neighborhood, there's people pulling up lawn chairs to watch them rehearse. That is so yes. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, in a town like that, the entire town revolves around the high school that's true yeah the games the, that, the high, yeah. whole school is wrapped around that right so the whole world's wrapped around that so that's very right on and especially when they show the parade scene literally like the family sitting in a small street on chairs yeah. catching candy yeah that is so real and i think that they're going to work something like that into drag con next year right oh no that's the performers trying to catch pieces of food when they're backstage yeah although the chairs are a little nicer but the carpet is beautiful backstage at the la convention center oh yeah the carpet's nice LA Convention Center, where um, the green room is like uh, two tea bags with some cold water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and like some, some uh, like and one cup, <laughs> one cup. <laughs> yeah. Cena uh, Albrechtson wrote to uh, second that emotion and say the Euro- this European would also like to second the request for some education on small town pageant culture. Well, there you go, Cena. We uh, got uh, two birds, one stone. Right? Oh, uh, oh, hey. hey. Still Trixie after all these years. After all these years. <laughs> Morgan W. wrote, love the podcast. I listen to it a lot when I'm analyzing data at my job, and I hope you all are having a good day so far. Well, thank you, Morgan. We are. Yeah, you know what I like about your podcast? Um, I'm sure a lot of people don't think this. Most of the time, podcasts to me are too short. Oh, My yeah, favorite yeah. podcast is Throwing Shade with Aaron Gibson and Brian Savi, and it's too, to me, it's too short every week. And this one, you really can get a full like hour 15 Thank you. And sometimes we yeah. do two hours. Yeah. This yeah. episode is going to be quite long, which I, I appreciate. Well, a week is long. And if you put one out a week, people have a lot of commutes to get through. Yeah. I love when a you podcast know? is really long. I can go back to it. It's not over in one yeah. sitting. I love that. So thank you, Morgan. And thank you, Trixie. This movie came out two months before I was born. And that fat... And that... This movie came out <laughs> two... <that>? This, <laughs> and that fat cunt... Yeah. This is what happens after I read a lot. And that fat made me feel super young. So, this was my first time seeing the movie, and it was hysterical. Some comedy films don't age so well, and since you two are people that have been on this earth a little longer than me, do you ever go back to an older, once-beloved film and cringe at certain things? Have any of them become unwatchable because of it? There's definitely movies where I go back, I loved it when I was a kid, and I watch it as a doll and go like, why did I like this? Yeah, there's definitely some of those. I loved this movie. Well, there's also ones that, that remind me, this reminds me of watching DC Cab recently. It's like a sci-fi movie because it's a comedy from 82, 83. It's not very funny. It's loaded with homophobic, racist, every, xenophobic humor. It, I mean, it's a very mixed, diverse cast, but it's just what was acceptable back then. Yeah, there's well, there's this one movie called Can't Hardly Wait. Have you ever seen it? Yes, I saw part of it it's years ago. An amazing movie. Uh huh. Um, anybody at home who hasn't seen it, it's Seth Green, Lauren Ambrose, um, 
oh, what's his fucking name? The guy, he was in that thing you do. Cheech Marin? No. <laughs> he was in that thing you do. What's his name? He plays, uh, he plays the, the main guy. Busey. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking asshole. Anyway, it's about a final, oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. Oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at, it's at, like, it takes place on like a final house party oh, for, sure. for a, a high school. A dying. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For like a high school graduation. Yeah. And there's a part where this big jock guy gets humiliated and Jennifer Love Hewitt goes, wow, yeah, Greg, I guess you really got me there. And she storms out and the whole room was watching this fight and they're all staring at him. And some girl just yells, fag. And then everyone laughs. (laughs) Yeah. And even though I know that that's wrong, it's still funny to me. Sure. Well, I mean, the gay humor in any... To yell fag at someone. But when you are gay and you're yelling fag at a gay friend is so funny <laughs> i don't know why sure um i've i've <laughs> I've, I've, I have a friend and he whenever he's gone through grinder and been like fag <laughs> and I, I know that's kind of self-hating but i also think it's funny it's one of those things it's all situationally dependent right yeah but there's some movies well 16 candles which we've covered on the show before with long duck dong not only is his name long duck dong and the way that he talks there's a gong that plays every time he shows up on screen. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Mickey Rooney. The Goonies. Oh. Bill. oh my God, I forgot Benny about that. Bill. It's so much. Wow. It's a lot. I'm like, are you a first immigrant eight-year-old with this strong <laughs> accent? Like, Well, you know, he might be like that person uh, with uh, was it that girl, that lovely girl, Carrie X. She's 11, but she can handle... He can handle sensitive, sensitive material. Yeah, sure <laughs> concepts. Because just like that, he is not like all the other eight year olds. He's not. No, he's been he's through not a lot. Seven. No, he's, he's eight. eight. Okay, get yeah. it straight. Okay. Morgan adds, "I've been trying to eliminate the R slur from my language, as we both discussed earlier, and was recently diagnosed with a neuro and was recently diagnosed with a neuro <laughs> Oh, Craig was diagnosed too. <laughs> and was recently diagnosed with a neurodevelopmental disorder during my second year of college despite my issues with the depiction of the hank character i think i'd watch this film again because i love the late 90s early 2000s teen comedies and alice and janney and kirsten dunce are absolute gems so like we talked about before maybe uh, problematic yeah I i mean cherry pick what you like from it also this film never makes any of these characters out to be good people right they're exactly. never, it's sort of like jimmy yes it is it is where jimmy says awful like awful things yeah but we, the the show never makes you think jimmy is someone to aspire to be right and that's absolutely true with this film yeah yeah i mean look when john doe is yelling that epithet at him it we're not like yeah john doe's right john doe's a creep in uh gross well, why did you leave him with a sitter yeah <clears throat> you know that the babysitter you know is dead, dead. <laughs> Jay writes, Trixum, what game plan gig and shenanigan does Mrs. Jason Wimberly have you on? You're looking wonderfully Wimberlini these days, milady. You're a handsome, lovely boy and also a gorgeously biological woman. But most importantly, how's the old self-esteem these days? I'm struggling myself, but out here trying to love myself, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. I think it, you know, I like to deliver things in a certain way when it's, uh, written this, for me like this i love it here trying to love myself you know you know um you know? Uh, it's been great uh I, I, wimberly okay katya normally sees wimberly at a certain time okay and since she's on tour i've been absorbing all those time Ooh, slots good move so it's been great i've never used a trainer my whole life it's uh very encouraging uh i definitely threw up definitely really cried. yeah first few times definitely close to throwing up every time yeah and then definitely cried 
a little bit once. I was like, Wimberly, has anybody ever cried in here with you? And he was like, Oscar award-winning actresses have cried in this exact mat. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, it's just very challenging. And Wimberly's also correct. And so like, he'll say like, I'm like, I can't do it. He's like, when you say you can't do it, do you know that your body's listening? Once you decide you can't do it, oh, your you body go. actually can't do it. There you go. It's like, you know, if you're in a bad mood, try to smile because it'll physiologically have the reverse effect. Completely. Or like the days when I come in in a better mood, I actually can do more. Like yeah. it's all psychological. Everything is psychological. If you dread doing a, a gig or an assignment, anything, if you dread it and build up this big thing, it's going to be miserable. It's stupid, but it's so true. Mm. And dance school, my teacher used to be like, you know, like, because I was like a singer, actor, dancer was like my, not my thing. And she'd be like, people don't know that. So when you go into auditions, don't tell them you're not a dancer. Yeah. It's, it's not really their business. That's right. And also, if you're going into anything, a date or whatever, don't talk about like a, a negative thing or something that you think bad about yourself about. Yeah, there was this drag queen. I won't say who it was because it was Raja, but we, <laughs> we there was a gig. My old manager I had was also Raja's manager. And one time the bar owner was like, Raja, between your numbers, do you need time to like calm down or like, uh, you know, powder your nose and like, yeah. sw- wipe the sweat off? Yeah. And Raja goes... I don't really do much. <laughs> Never, ever tell anyone that. And her manager goes, okay, great. Hey, next time, uh, don't tell the promoter you, quote unquote, don't do much. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Always act like, you know, that's a good idea. I could use a little minute in between because I, yeah. I really need to regroup. Never disabuse anyone of the notion that whatever you're doing takes a lot out of you. Well, Wimberly told me sometimes people will pretend weights are heavier than they are just to try to like trick him that he, they're, they're really exhausted. And he's like, I know you can live this. Never try to trick a subject matter expert, Duh. first of all. Duh. Try to trick someone that you just picked up maybe at the gym. Sure. Yeah. But. Sarah Paulson, I'm going to trick yeah, her. Yeah. Well, that's how you're going to get her and bag her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. She She's hot for that kind of thing. And then secondly, have you been partaking in phone calls with Miss Cartier while she's been on the road? How is that old wench? How do you coordinate writing the book? We covered that earlier, but thank you for bringing it up. And then uh, ask, is there a shared Google Doc or do you write separately and send your thoughts telepathically? As we were discussing before, they have ghostwriters writing completely separate things. (laughs) Then they mix them all up with a program that David Bowie created to do a word randomization. Then everything is filtered back through, through Lucille in the office, and then you're going to (laughs) have your book, right? Yeah, we call like once a week and we talk about things like touring or or the YouTube series or whatever. Um, We call like once a week. But she's touring, so it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It is Also, a lot. I'm busy. You're very busy. We are very well known for this YouTube thing, but it is the smallest amount of time in our lives that we actually film it. But don't tell anyone that because that's like saying, we don't do much. No, we do do much. No, but you we do actually, do much, much. Yeah. But we don't get to see each other that much, you know? No, that's true. When you're working. But that's part and- of what makes the show good is we get to have a friendship on camera because we're never tired of each other. We never have enough time around each other, so it's very fun. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like this? Yeah. Exhausting. <laughs> Too much time. Yeah. You mean this present? Yeah, yes, exactly. this moment. Well, this, is a, this has been a very long episode, and I appreciate you going through all the questions. And of I think course. the hot dog clubbers will as well. I love your um, Are You Gay mug. I just saw Thank it on Thank you very ad. much. Oh, we'll have to get you one. It's really cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll take a photo are with you, you gay? with it. Isn't it good? By the way, the irony of saying, are you gay over and over again? And then you deciding you are a little gay. <laughs> Have you thought about that? Well, this is, this is very funny. You have the secret of that. Well, it's this is very. Are you gay? <laughs> Am I gay? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, well, look, when it first started, there was the, no idea that it was like, because nothing happened for a long time after that. It had been a question asked to me many times, but it became a thing. Like As I discussed in the Cracker episode, it was like a moot point. It was like, well, 
And I was very comfortable with people asking or whatever. And then a queer uh, lady that I know who said to me, I was going to ask you if you were gay, but then I remembered that thing on your show. And what you've done is you've completely destroyed the actual question for anyone because it's as if I'm mentioning something from your show. So therefore, and then with the various um, targeted towards me versions of the ad, it's completely destroyed the... uh, I guess the question, you, or it's you it's, have turned yourself gay, <laughs> queer. Let's say yeah, listen, yeah. New Year, twenty twenty. It's not going to be. Are you gay? It's going to be. I am gay. <laughs> I'm a little gay. <laughs> are you a little gay? I always like to know if a guy is little a little gay but doesn't know it and is going to tell me in two years. Yeah. Did you see our new merch plan? I guess that's impressive that you <laughs> get, that you sort of guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Charles Blackburn wrote, Hey guys, I'd like to say thank you to both Trixie and Katya. I'd like to thank Katya for not being here as well. You always brighten my day. The first thing I do on a Thursday morning is watch the newest episode of Uh, as that's the best way to start my day, in my opinion. And Trixie, about your music, my favorite new song of yours at the minute is Hello, Goodbye, Hello. I have your music playing full blast in my car, living in my country pop fantasy all the time. And when I'm stressed, I turn to your music and it helps me relax. And for my questions, well, one, would you both ever consider doing an uh world tour? Well, I'm going to have to say, reminder, Katya's not here, so Trixie can answer for both of them. Oh, yeah, we would love to consider it. The thing is... um, Katya and I are both lucky enough to be booked out so far in advance on our own tours. It would have to do some advanced planning. Yes, some tricks. But you know, if we did, we would try to make it so good. Like, I had a fantasy the other day about, like, I fantasized what we would do together, like, not like that. Not like that. Yeah. But, like, the type of production. Like, I would want dancers and costume reveals and, vi- like, it would be fierce. Yeah. Make and- it good. Because I wouldn't want to do just uh, live. I would want to be like, burning swan yeah yeah and then charles adds i'm going to trixie's blackpool show and considering getting meet and greet tickets but i'm unsure as i'm nervous on how to approach trixie no offense to you girl at all but i know you're trying to be warmer to people etc and i love your jokes hello but i can't tell if you're being serious sometimes about things hi so what's the best way to approach you and start off a conversation at a meet and greet well girl um well i'm i like to be famous so just come up to me and acknowledge me and tell me i'm famous yeah talking about at a meet and greet what's that at a meet and greet yeah oh you've paid for it i have to talk to you yeah so charles was nervous and just wants to make sure that well that's the thing about meet and greets charles it's sort of a long con because it sounds like a good idea at the time and then when the date approaches you actually go like what am i gonna say (laughs) actually gets nerve-wracking yeah sure you could go up and say are you gay are you gay you could say are you gay um just keep it keep it i mean just say whatever you want i'm more of a listener sure say whatever you want because it doesn't really matter what i say it matters what you say see charles so there's nothing to be worried about you get those tickets may 15th 2020 blackpool pow and then there's a sweet uh addition to it that charles wrote i know this is a long one so if you read this i'd like to thank you for acknowledging me and i hope i get to meet you faggy bald fuck soon <laughs> this is of course assuming that Koch is still in the room or alive uh, yeah <laughs> cheerio pip pip as they say in the uk haven't talked to her today uh-oh could be dead <laughs> Moxie Lamont has two follow-ups and says, if Trixie could have an autographed picture from Nev Campbell with a memorable quote from any of the Scream movies, what would it be? And or if Trixie could meet any favorite scary movie actor, actress, director, whom would that be? Oh, from um, from Nev Campbell and Scream. I love, um, oh yeah? What am I doing? She's picking her nose. <laughs> what am I doing? And I say it by 10 of her picking her nose. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, what's this voice you're doing, Randy? It's sexy. Um, there's so many good ones. 
And then there's the one where she goes, uh, after they kill the, the killer, she goes, isn't the killer always superhuman? And she goes, he wasn't superhuman. He wasn't superhuman at all. She has a lot of good ones. She does. She got a lot of zingers. And then the final question for this show is a Moxie Lamont original. Trixie, will there be more film screenings or festivals for your documentary before we can expect moving parts to become available for public viewing? We just completed festival season and it will be available to you this year. Ooh, very exciting. Well, Trixie Mattel, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this jumbo edition of Movie Club. Movie Club! That, no. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Movie Club! <laughs> movie Club! That's yeah. how we shouted it out in the streets. Movie yeah, Club! Yeah, I like, I like Movie Club. Oh, I love having you on Movie Club. So, uh... Good night, everyone. Goodbye. Sleep well.